Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties. Dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties. Dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It is XAB. It's your man, Distinguished the God. We got a very special guest in the building. Venus goddess, goddess Venus. Actually, I said I said yeah. it backwards. I said it. She's still a goddess. She's still a Venus. You know, either way, you know, it's a change people. And she got a Venus. Venus, can you tell the people who you are a little bit about yourself, and then we're gonna get into some. I got a couple of questions for you. Okay. Then we're gonna get into the topics of the day. Um, figure out how you feel about some of these things. And yeah, you already know it's fucking dad has some bow ties. So, who are you to the people? Yo, I am Goddess Venus. I am a poppin' ass Brooklyn rap artist. Been out here killing it. You know, just going crazy in these streets and having fun, man. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm a multi-talented artist, actress, model. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm lit. <laughs> That's what I am. Some I'm an I'm I'm entertainer. That's what Brooklyn I am. Shit. That's the most I'm just lit. Would you let the rappers or the bottle nigga hit? See, 
I don't mix business with pleasure. Like, oh, you understand what I'm saying? She slid out the house. This shit, this shit, she ain't Brooklyn shit, bro. She said, I don't mix the business with the pleasure. I don't mix my dick business with no fucking dick pleasure. I don't do that. You I respect it. I respect that. Right. So, what made you want to go into rap? Yeah. Well, you understand, I always knew how to write. So I just never took it as a little girl. Like, so I wrote poetry okay. when I was young, like 14. Mm-hmm. I used to be watching TLC and shit, mm-hmm. like the brat, stuff mm-hmm. like that growing up. And spitters, to, spitters. Right. You know, little Kim, yeah. stuff like that. I used to growing up as a little girl. Like, so at that 11, you lit. thought you was the baddest bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy, I thought right. it was popping, oh, you oh. know? Right. <laughs> So I used to know how to write little stuff like that, but I, it, it didn't manifest not until I was working in the club, you know? Okay. It didn't manifest. Like I was in the club working. I used to hear little stuff. I used to see little stuff. I used to see like rappers coming in, getting their bottles, playing their song. They would go come in the club and they used to get their section and they used to buy a bottle. The promoters would book them, but they had to get a bottle in order to get the section. Mm. So they would get like little small, small clubs. They would have to get a bottle for a buck fifty. Pay to play. Right. So in order to get that section They would have to buy a bottle for a buck fifty right. And then I would hear they song And I would be like yo How they shit playing in the club Right And I was like shit like, Or sometimes I would be like damn I would sound better on that shit You know mm. So stuff like that I always I felt like um, Me working there I felt that damn I felt my my potential I knew my potential could, could be better Like nice. um so that's why I started to think and analyze my whole situation. And um, I knew that I, I could just grow. And I just felt that um, I could excel and become better than where I was at. All all in the mix is definitely fire. I, I You know, I've been here since the beginning, since you, right. your first release party. <laughs> um, and I, I have to say, um, there's been like a super growth and all in the mix is fire. Like right. I really, Thank really... You genuinely like that track um all right i got one more question for you and then we getting into these topics you ready (laughs) okay (laughs) all right so venus is the goddess of love right what does love look like for goddess venus Mm, damn um i was on it bro you feel me some good ass questions that is a good question he's like i gotta guess we're gonna make sure she know what time it is facts i'm playing off all the name plays (laughs) that's a good question um well i mean love for me love love is deep you know mm-hmm. um i want someone for me i want someone that is compassionate okay um someone who is uh caring um <laughs> someone who is empathetic um empathetic and cares about others um someone who is willing to um you know it's not just you know it's not just skin deep you know mm-hmm. it's the, it's about the inside you know mm. um and you know, just willing to help. I mean, I want someone who, who wants to help humanity. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, see, <laughs> see, they gotta be trying to be mad political. No, yeah, political, but I feel Yo, like that's genuine. Though. But that's the thing. So the, the thing I loved about Venus, like from when I first met her to right. now, is. Even though she is Brooklyn all the way, she Clearly. is the sweetest chick ever. Like she has the gushiest inside ever. Like she's a teddy bear. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. I actually this. have a question that I want to add on to that. So I was talking to one of my homegirls about this yesterday. Are you an unconditional lover or are you a conditional lover? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what, what that means is, do you li- do you love somebody or, or when you're in love? Is it unconditional? Like no matter what's going on, it could the world could be against us. Nigga, you could be flat out broke right this second, but I'm going to love you until you get back in your field. Or is it, nah, it's conditional. Like, okay, it depends on whatever the fuck is happening with you. That'll make me actually want to stay with you. Um, no, I am uh, I am an unconditional lover. Wow. Right. That's that Brooklyn shit. <laughs> that's, that's that. That's that's that shit. Yeah, I'm coming for my man, bitch. I'm coming for everybody. Right. I, mean, I respect. That. All right. So, what do y'all want to start this week? I mean, we gotta start with what the fuck I'm looking at, nigga. For, uh, first of all, we should start with fabulous. We just let's just get. This all right. Let's get the let's get the fabulous. Summertime <laughs> shootout three. I didn't listen to all every single track, but I love that Fab is such a person that Fab. I think is one of the only few rappers, and I think D Flow could testify to this, who has shape-shifted himself throughout the entire culture. You can't... How, how do you come out with shit like Youngin' and Trade It All back in the early 2000s, early 90s, and you're still relevant today? A lot of right. rappers ain't relevant like Fab today. That, so it's, that's true. It's, that's it's hard. Fact. Yeah. So shout out to Fab. So that's what that's I'm a saying. big fact. Right, that's like a I think with Fab, one of the biggest things with Fab is that he's always found a way, because he was always about bars and punchlines, right. 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 that never really changed. No. He hasn't changed his flow either. No. Right. His flow has remained the same throughout the times. You you know what's interesting also about Fab? Fab is kind of like, when you say that, Fab was like Brooklyn's Wayne. Little yeah. Wayne, where yeah. right. he always had the punchlines, mm-hmm. he always had this particular flow and always this particular presence that he brought to a track. Yes. Right. And... Wayne kind of like has these different phases where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes his bars is all the way up, sometimes mm-hmm. they're not. Right. But Fab is consistently that way. And I think summertime shootout, like I was hearing mixed reviews about okay. it before I listened to it. Okay. But when I listened to it, I was like, nah, this shit is actually lit. The one thing I think is if it would, I it was alluded in the, in the album that it was supposed to come out in summer, during the summertime. Right. So I think that if it did come out during the summertime, it might have hit even more than how it's hitting now. It's still a good project to me, mm-hmm. but I think it probably got more critical acclaim if it was dropped for the summertime. For the summertime. For the summertime right. But I think that's why, too, he, he he renamed it Summertime Shootout, The Coldest Winter or The yeah. Coldest mm-hmm. Summer, some shit like yeah. that. So I'm yeah. like, I like that. But a lot I of the like tracks it. allude to this dropping in the summer. In the summertime, or, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I also like the fact that um, Fab, he also stayed looking young. And that yeah. he's definitely, able to fit in. Definitely looks young and he does fit in. That's a right. fact. He doesn't sound crazy with the young boys on these tracks. Like with Roddy Rich. He um, sounds like he just fit right in with A him. Boogie. Mm. He don't sound like he's trying to fit in he's with them. He's forcing it. He's like, yeah, no, he's, it. it sounds like his sound mm-hmm. and then a popping feature from right. like he's putting one of the young boys on which i love i didn't feel like he was trying to stay relevant okay mm-hmm. so i thought that was popping but mm-hmm. we did have a situation where relevancy did pop up yeah did y'all hear about that shiggy versus fab Hell fucking yeah Hell oh yeah shiggy from queens i'm from queens too shiggy Charlie. pay that man fab stop fucking playing man pay that nigga man. i don't know bro I'm... shiggy shiggy works for that shiggy works for that it Shiggy had a great summer last year. He worked for this shit. For me, it's too prone because it's like, I feel like this is home court though. You don't want to mess up home court as Shiggy. And from what I, from like when Fab and Casanova's response to it was, yo, when we see you in the club, we always invite you to our sections. We always hold you down when we see you. Like, you going to do me like that? You going to tell me I need a check for, for a dance video? So in my mind, I'm like, 
you live in New York. You could do that to an Atlanta nigga, or you could do right, that to somebody right. from Los Angeles that's popping mm-hmm. and be like, yo, bro, I'm going to need that check. Like, if you want me to do that. But home court, where you see these niggas every day and they literally could stop your bag, they could see you in the club and be like, nah, fuck that nigga. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. That's my only thing. Yeah, that's, 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 that's touchy, bro. I because don't, yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I feel like it was home court. You got to play it safe, man. Cause y'all gonna bound, y'all bound to run into each other. Yeah, get me. That's definitely gonna happen. Y'all bound to see each other somewhere, and I and I'm all for your hustle, and I'm all for getting your bag, but at the same time, you know, you gotta play it safe. You feel me? At the end of the day, Shiggy's clout is still getting built up. Right. It's not. It's not there yet. We're solidified. Where it's like, yo, I don't need nobody. Right. He's not on, for lack of better, he's not on his friends level, which is running. Rennie is in a different. Rennie is corporate already. There's a company paying him to. Do, there's Wallin out, yeah. paying him to be on TV. Toyota still got that commercial. Right, like Shiggy's not there yet. Shiggy's still underground ish. Like mm-hmm. he's ready to pop, but he's not at the top of the cream of the crop doing all these different types of commercials yet. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that can be halted, and you don't want to put yourself in a position where one of the most powerful rappers in New York, because Fab, don't get it twisted, he may be older, he may be phasing out to still some extent. Weight. But he still holds weight in New York. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get on the bad side. Weren't so. they cool at one th- at one point? Weren't yeah, they, they, were, they were friends. I feel like they still are cool, but I feel like this makes Fab look at Shiggy like, nigga, I gotta be uncool with you. Now. The thing is, like, yo, y'all fr- y'all were friends. My whole thing is like, yo, how can you charge your own your friend? You know what I'm saying? That's true. That shit's crazy. That's another piece. Yeah, of it. that's that's definitely another piece of it. But I feel like the shit that I was reading, I feel like Shiggy's coming from a space where. He was axed. Drake then he just did the shit, which is another another piece. Yeah, of it, he for did sure. the shit, and that it shit took a whole nother. He de- he decided to right. do that. So I he get just, yeah. I get that aspect of it where right. it's like yo, I decided to do that with Drake. So no, I didn't him. ask Drake right. for no bread right. for but that. You asking me to do some shit for free now? It's like you hold me down in the club, but it's not like I'm saying yo, hold me down in the club. You see me, you just not, probably naturally want to show love. We build a relationship from there. You like, all right, cool. I got this record. You know what I mean? It's fire. But I need you to do some shit virally for me. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to do it because I'm shiggy. But I need that bag, my nigga. Mm. Help me get the bag. I think <laughs> where it gets messy is when they transferred it to social media. I yeah. think that's a conversation. Everybody should have had that private. Off rip. Hell yeah. You hit me up. Yo, Shig, I want you to do this dance and do a popping dance, make it go viral. All right, bro, I'm going to do it for you. But to be honest with you, bro, we got to work something out. Right. I would I would appreciate work something out. Asking for a check because what Shiggy says, I'm gonna need a check for that. (laughs) Asking me me for a check is gonna put a bad taste in my mouth. (laughs) Like I'm just keeping it a stack. Like if if, that shit happened recently where it was like someone I was hanging out with them for my birthday. We not cool like that. Well I met them that day. (laughs) But I was like, yo, come on the podcast. And they were like, yo, well honestly, I don't do nothing for free. What? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, please, you, please don't tell me I know this. Bro. You, nah, you don't. Know. <laughs> okay. I'm like, you think I'm gonna pay you to come on the show? The fuck are you talking, nigga? Uh-uh. Bro, do you know who that has and bow ties is number one? We interview people. We interview. We interview celebrities, that are bro. Big time celebrities. Like, so, like, don't let nothing fool you. Like, this ain't no, oh, you doing me a favor type shit. Shout, I just think shout it would out to be DJ good. enough for being a good sport. Bro. Yeah, he was dope. Um, I just thought it would be dope to have this particular individual on, right. but you talking about like, I gotta pay you? Nah, I'm I'm cool. I wasn't I wasn't offended because right. I understand. I want you to get your bag, right. but there's a time and place. I just feel like when you're supposed to do that 
and who. If if I know you to some extent, yeah. And I know we all know mutual people. We all know the same people. So I'm like, I wouldn't do that to somebody who I know like that. I would maybe be like, yo, we got to work something out, though. Just make sure you do X, Y, and Z, and I'll do this. And I feel like Shiggy could have went that route where it was like, all right, well, on the back end, maybe, can I get a little something? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back end money is different, you know. If, if this goes viral, if this hits on the back end, do you mind giving me a little something back? Like That's reasonable. Yeah, that's that's more reasonable. than reasonable. Yeah, that's definitely reasonable. Y'all heard these two packs that were released? The the weekend two pack? Nah. You ain't hear the Heartless joint? Nah. I haven't I haven't I heard s- nothing. I saw the video, but I haven't got like I saw it on YouTube. And I was like, damn, I gotta check this video out. <laughs> but I never watched it. So Oh, I, I heard I heard the song, but I didn't see no visual though. I okay. Heard, yeah, I heard the weekend. Show. Venus, you saw it? No. Nah. Uh uh-uh. uh. did you hear Party Next Door? Anybody so, heard? Party next door shit. So no. party next door is wait. Party next door is still cool with the weekend. They, they still no. So they have they have like yeah, a fake it's, beef. It's a beef. Yeah. The a... weekend still don't fuck with Drake. Well, Drake still don't fuck with weekend. Right. Well, right. So the 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 thing that's being put out there is the so party next door dropped last week, right? Or two weeks ago rather, and then the weekend dropped this week, right? So party next door put out a video and was like, "Yo, I got the number one." Uh, I think it was like R&B single in the world or something okay. like that according to Apple Music okay. and The Weeknd went and was like yo Siri doesn't lie yo Siri who has the number one song <laughs> and, and, and Siri, Siri was How like petty. oh The Weeknd da, 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 da. I think it was Heartless or whatever <laughs> so there's definitely some type of tension yeah, between tension the two between. of them mm-hmm. for me The Weeknd has a way better two-pack well, the weekend has mm-hmm. a better sound. The weekend is definitely a better artist. It's the weekend. Yeah. It's the, the week. We talking about the nigga that lived on the chart for fifty two weeks. Yeah, nah, we talking about him. This this two pack kind of yeah, fire. We talking about the weekend. <laughs> Party next door. That two pack was weak. That Drake. That Drake and him song just sounds like the same shit I've been hearing for the last four years. But it's growing on me. I like it a little bit now. I don't know. It's, it's I don't the know weekend, bro. We we love the weekend. Yeah, we love the weekend. <laughs> yeah, the weekend. But there is no denying Drake. No, no, you can't deny. You can't Drake. deny Drake. Drake is Drake. Drake nah, is it's still the record. It's the record. Drake is Drake. Did anybody see? Uh, um, well, the game you got the born to rap. You no, to but it? I haven't listened to no. it yet, bro. Have it, Venus? You? Yeah. You listen to, to it? Some, yes, I have. Oh, how was it? <laughs> it was okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You do know this is last rap album. After this, he's done. He said, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's an interview with him. Um, he had an interview with um, uh. I have, a, I have a good people there from um, what's the name of this show Complex mm-hmm. and he had a, and I don't know when the interview was I think it was last month and the interview basically was about because he's he's best he's best friends with Wayno and he was saying that this is his last rap album because he feels like he's there's nothing else he can contribute to the game of hip hop music that's what mm-hmm. he said on the interview and then he also said to take it a step further um, there may or may not be a G Unit reunion tour next year possibly interesting and I was like that's gonna make bread. Venus, I, I'm ready for that. Will you miss I'm game and rap? I'm not gonna miss game. I love game. I I liked game. I liked game back in the days. Okay. I like. I did like game back in the days. Um, dreams. Remember that? Like when he yeah. had dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kanye West produced that. Yeah. Yes, that was my shit. Talk, 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 talk more to the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, she was into her shit. <laughs> yeah, I liked. I liked him a lot, actually. When okay. did he fall off for you? Um, what album or what he single? started to like he start he stopped dropping a lot of like he, he started did. to be him yeah. still you yeah. know he, he just stopped he, he releasing that, work he said he did that because he said you gotta understand when you have commitments with these labels they want shit at a certain time and if you're mm. not artistically in that frame of mind 
it's going to be hard to push some shit out. And then if it ends up being a flop, you still got to pay whatever the label put up. So now you got to figure out how to get them whatever that money was that they put up that they wanted you to make off that project. Right. It's, it's really the drug game. That's really what it sounds like. No. <laughs> I don't know. The label, uh, label come to you and be like, yo, that last album was dope. We want another album this March. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, yo, we give you a mill on it right it now. It sounds like consignment, bro. But don't you sign? You sign how many albums you're going to commit to them. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. do a three-year so deal. They I mean, can't a three-year deal. They can't yeah. tell you, oh, you're you going to give me this um, amount. You sign how many you owe them. Well, actually. You know that's that's yeah. reality, yeah. Well, you sign a five. Yeah. Let's say you sign a five-album deal for five years. It's the math. You have to drop an album every year. Right. Mm-hmm. However, you don't decide the release date. They decide the release date for right. you, or at least mutually between your management and them. Right. However, they're advancing you. So let's say you sign a five album, three million dollar deal. You're not getting that three mil up front. Right. They want to give you maybe six hundred or seven hundred per album as you're releasing the projects. So when you get that check, you got that half a million your account. You lit. However, you got six months to turn up an album. If yeah. you're not in that mindset, you fucked. Right, because whether or not you have you have your you're contractually obligated to put this project, or you out. put out a shit album, you really fuck. You really, really fuck because you still owe them the bread. Still owe them that money, and Figure then people are not gonna go buy the next project. Right, no. So now you stuck. You can't do touring. You can't do nothing. Or you go right. on tour. I was about to say, all that tour money, all that tour money, go back to the label. Go back to the label. Owe the label. Yeah, which so. brings me to this point, and then we could jump into the next topic. So on this interview too, he said some shit that. Can almost contradict what you what you said about signing the the paperwork, and then this is how much albums you do. He said when the situation happened with him in Fifty, the label did some sneak shit, and when it was time for him to put out his next album without Dr. Dre, we all remember that. I think that was Doctor's Advocate. That was the third album. He said the label put him on another label. I was like, get uh, the fuck out! They didn't here. put him on another label. He was talking about Geffen. Geffen, but Geffen is owned by Interscope, right? But he said he didn't know. Yeah, that he was they, even they moved them together. But, but he said there was no conversation, bro. He said they, they don't have to. They don't have that to. That shit was wild. Because Geffen like, is a subsidiary of like, Interscope. He yeah. said he said when the whole situation happened, what happened with him and Fifty, the label was like, yo, we don't know about this guy game. Like he he just fucked up some potential bread. And then Game said at the time he was young and he was dumb, but he was like he thought Dre would have rided with him. So he was like, when he didn't do the album with Dre, he was like, damn, how am I going to do this without Dre? Which I didn't know that album still went platinum. I didn't even it's know that album platinum. No, Doctor's Advocate was probably my favorite game. Yeah, Doctor's Advocate went with no platinum. Dre beats, but I was like, I it love didn't that. matter because Scott Storch still did the album. Scott, Scott Storch was the driving force behind Dre. Right. So okay. what I'm gonna say about this album, right? It's a phenomenal piece of work. Really? It's, it's a I'm phenomenal, phenomenal piece. Really? To me, okay. It's a phenomenal. It's one of the top ten. Of this year, what makes you say wow? That's what makes you say that? sonically is oh, it's, it, it's pleasing. He's not the best rapper to me. No, like, he says that. Yeah, his yeah. wordplay isn't like OD crazy, but right. he raps well. No, he's a good rapper. He raps he really, rapper. really well, and the way he decided to the the features are on point. Okay, like it's, there's no struggle mm-hmm. features. Okay. No, like nigga, you put that name on there just right. so niggas can listen he to it. On yeah, him. exactly. Mm-hmm. The features are perfect. Like I, I didn't know how that Ed Sheeran shit was gonna go. Mm. Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Ed Sheeran, look that shit up, boy. <laughs> like, that shit was fire. <laughs> so like, I just think the way it opens. Okay. Um, the stories that he's telling, they're they're all integral. I know that he been like kind of clout chasing Nipsey a little bit, but I think he did Nipsey justice yeah, on yeah. on the it's album. That, yeah. So I just think that it is really it's it's long, but. 
seeing as it's supposed to be his last no, album, I'm okay man. with it being right. long. Um, but it sounds really good. Okay, so so, so for me, it's definitely one of the top ten albums of my the year. Spotify weekend listening yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. I know you were saying it was just okay for you. I Ooh. haven't heard. I heard um, one is a couple of songs. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, right. I would say yeah. listen to it as an album. Don't like pit Perry uh, oh, cherry pit. So listen to it from one to one listen to from top to bottom okay. because it really it it feels like a. Everything flows right into one another, so nice, it's nice. it's a phenomenal piece of work. All right, that's and I don't really fuck with game too that's much. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was shocked to hear you. Yeah, because like, game be doing some goofy shit, but that's because the eyes. He does, yes, he does. He does do goofy shit. That's just him on IG. Like that whole Kim Kardashian name drop and then the whole Sin Santana name drop shit was was a little corny, but um. All right, what was this joint about Elvana, bro? Yeah, so Elvana did an interview uh, a few um, months back on um, 97.9 The Box. I don't know what state that's in, but she she did an interview, and the interview was her talking about why she hasn't been as, I guess, quote-unquote active as she was when she first came out. So a lot of the interview was talking about she's still getting money off of records that she did with other people, which I didn't know that in the quote-unquote off-season what she was talking about, she was getting more money helping write songs than she was when she was making her own. And I was like, well, she was like, because that back end, she was like, when it comes time to tally up everything you did for the year, and if you don't do your own stuff, but if you're working with multiple artists, those publishing checks, when they clear, she was like, you're getting money. And she was like, when you're um, helping... Um, teaching artists how to do a song she's like that's studio time i'm teaching you how to sing this she's like i'm getting paid for that i'm getting paid as an instructor so long story short one of the questions i wanted to to ask was what do you do when it's off season so what do you do when let's say you know like x just complimenting you on this record what do you do when you say all right cool i'm gonna take the next six months off to focus on some personal stuff what do you do in the off season um i feel like i don't I never have off season. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm always continuous. I'm always working. Mm-hmm. Even when, you know, like, right, like, I don't have, like, I just released this song. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I'm preparing. I'm, like, getting ready for, I'm planning. Okay. You know, I'm planning my next project. Oh, okay. Like, I'm always planning. I'm always creating a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm up right, like, currently right now, I'm working on my next project. I already have an EP that's done. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just creating a plan of how I'm going to release it. Right. Like, um, like he's he's you know he has been he knows about my work from the right. beginning. So right. how I did what I did was I released my first project. Mm-hmm. Um, I just released a come uh, a pile of work, but uh-huh. now I feel like it's better that I release it track by track. Right. You know, um, so that people actually you know hear each individual um song. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm able to put more resources into each song, you know, um, and make it just a bigger project, you know? Like, that's Shout what I did to with... your fucking team, man. They, 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 <laughs> they make sure they make sure you got the grooming profit. I mean, we got we to gotta talk about the importance of that as a as a up-and-coming artist, though, in terms of... Uh, well, the team, but also individual tracks. Like, right. you know, letting those tracks breathe a little right. bit and letting, right. letting you be able to push the record... Before you out here trying to push yeah. a whole body of work, yeah, right. I mean, it's so true. Like, that, and if they're important. wasted, you know, and people they may not, hear, they're not wasted, but mm. you know, people may not hear all of them. And now, you know, I have a producer. He wants to make sure that you know those each track is like, you know, they're being heard and be, there something is being done with them. You right. know, 
Okay. Because he's fact. giving you those, he's giving me those tracks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. I understand. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a producer. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he definitely knows that well. Yeah. What um? What do you do in your off season, bro? Um. <clears throat> well. Right now, so I feel like I used to think like you, like there was no off season for me. But I, as I'm learning, as I'm getting older, uh, next next year I'm hitting that big three zero. I feel like what I need to do more of in off season is read. Oh, that's mm. yeah. Yeah, what I need to do more in off season is simple shit like breathe. Right. Like talking to this man like two years ago, he told me like, "Yo, sometimes you just got to sit down for an hour and think. Sometimes yeah. I just got to think. You know, strategize what the fuck I'm gonna do. I don't have to always be on a computer." Or I don't have to always be sending an email. I'm like addicted to emails. So I don't have to always be trying to send an email or, or I don't have to always be thinking about the next show. I could just be doing regular stuff, you know, take some time to just go and walk to the park. You know what I mean? Oh. Just do more simple stuff because I'm always, they know I'm always on 10 with <laughs> everything I do. But I'm just learning to just kind of um, fall back a little bit and just take it slower. And I, I don't have to always be, you know, on go all the time. So, so how long is, is your off season? Well, I would say normally maybe two to three months, but honestly, I'm thinking for me, especially for next year, like probably like half a year, so like mm-hmm. maybe like six months just to like really get some personal stuff in order to get the artistic stuff in order. Because okay. if I'm not good personally, like outside of being an artist, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to be able to function when it's time to be an artist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the off season for me varies. I think, I think off season. So, I think when you're an artist, that to some extent there isn't an off season because your yeah. off season kind of fuels your next project yeah, or fuels your next thing. Works, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like when I'm off, I'm still getting life experiences that then compel me to either write a new song a certain type of way and or even with the podcast have new experiences to bring to the show. Like yeah, if I we go definitely out, had an off-season on us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, even if there's, you know, if, if there's an in-between seasons, or there's a break, there's still shit. There's still life happening. So you accumulate that, and then you put that into the next thing. Um, and then there's the off-season, I think, where you do have to kind of just detach yourself from everything. For, for me, I haven't taken more than maybe, I would say, two weeks to a month to just... Like, I'm not touching the podcast, I'm not touching music, I'm not touching anything. I just want to be on vacation mode, or I just want to be on some, I'm chilling, I'm not thinking about those things. Um, so, I think that that's, that's what happens, but I think that's important, though. I think you do you do need to detach a little bit, because it's similar to me of, like, having blinders on. When you're just so laser-focused on the work, you don't see nothing else. You're just on the work. And sometimes when you take a step back and you're able to look, you can see a, a bigger picture and be like, oh, this is another component that maybe I could add or this component doesn't really fit really well here. Um, and we could change certain things, this, that, and the third. But uh, being being on go is a lot. Being on <laughs> go is a lot. It's a lot. It's a grind. That's a fact. Um it is. It's definitely. It's definitely a grind. Um, yeah. And you've been grinding. I must say. Hey. I guess my off season is when I'm, like right now. <laughs> like, right, right. Because you're getting everything together. When I'm, when I'm just thinking, like yeah. when I'm strategizing. Yeah. You know. Oh, strategizing. <laughs> strategizing is a real important thing. 
You know, mm-hmm. I think I don't think a lot of That's artists really think about that aspect the of planning, it. But the planning stage and, and, and taking the time to put things together. Put That's at least together. 70, 75% right. of getting it right. Yeah. Right. You know, like the talent is cool. Getting yeah. the track, the, re- the record's done is cool. Getting them mixed and mastered is cool. Mm-hmm. But if you don't strategize that joint to hit, it's still it's right. still it's still a waste of time. <laughs> it's just sitting there, it's just you sitting know? there. It's just archived. So. You know, it just becomes archived. I think I think it's important as an artist, though, if 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 we're ca- if we're categorizing off season as not putting out records, if that time frame mm-hmm. is not actually working a record, then it's important that you set yourself up. Like what Elvana was doing, where it's like, you're not putting out this record, which means you're not working this record, you're not promoting a particular song at this particular moment, but you're putting yourself in a predicament where the the business of being an artist right. is still generating income, right. especially if this is your full-time job. And let's keep it a stack. I think Elvana got dropped from her label, so she, she had to. She like had to. Like to I'm like 100% sure she got dropped from her label. But that's important. Oh, yeah. she um She's actually an independent artist now. So yeah, she, she got dropped. She's on her own label now. So if you're not putting out records and working the record, but you're a great songwriter... Right. So you got to make that... I feel like work. I feel like she had the hustle. And her off... Her, yeah. Off se- her hustle became her off season. Yeah, because people- Because I think people still was checking for Elvana mm-hmm. for a while. Because you know that song was fire. Uh, what was it, refill? Refill yeah. was lit. Refill yeah. that that shit was playing every fucking way. So but why 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 focus on working records when you realize I could write a I'm song? I'm still writing and making yeah, records because I think the late I think she put out a project after her original project and it didn't hit. No. Didn't the hit. label. That wasn't really yeah, working, huh? And I think she had the hustle, and I think she realized, oh, I could write songs and still make the bag. Make she said, bread. "You gotta." She she said on the interview too, "You gotta really learn the business of this shit." Too. That's how it goes. And she was like, "As a woman, well, I'm pretty sure you got stories." She was like, "It's hard." Cause she was like, "Men do not take you serious." Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, "They look at you. Sometimes they look at you like a piece of meat. Sometimes they look at you like she's not as smart as she thinks she is. Mm-hmm. So I can take advantage of." She was like, she had to really learn. How I'm gonna maneuver in this world where, for the most part, it's dominated by men. She was like, I know what I have to do. And she said she took a back seat, did some research, started her label, and started writing songs, and started winning Grammys from other people. They're singing her shit, right? But it's really her shit. So I'm like, get that back to So what's good with Wale? Wale. So uh, Wale was on a Breakfast Club a few months ago. We know that Wale has a, a record that's killing the airwaves every fucking day. Him and Jeremiah, mm-hmm. that record is fire. Um, on chill, he, yeah, on chill. Um, shout, shout out to Wale. And at the time, I don't know if it still is now, but he at the time he announced that was the number one record on the Urban Charts. So I was like, okay, cool. So on the interview, he was talking about his frustration with making music and making new content. So um, how important is it to express your real life using your music without hurting your actual career? So Wale on the interview that I saw, I never saw him act that way. He was acting very. Um, a lot of his comments were like sporadic. Um, a lot of them was like childlike. It was almost like he was like acting like a little kid and you ask him a serious question, he was deflecting it. Like they was asking him about his relationship. He was like, next question, next topic. I, I just want to smoke some weed. And I was like, I never seen him act that way in an interview, but he kept saying he has mental health issues. That's what he kept saying. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's what he said. So you said your, your question is... Yeah, so how, so how important is it to express your real life using your music without hurting your career? So how important is it for you to go on your social media and say some shit, knowing that everybody's watching you, and then still be cool with saying it, and then, all right, cool, well, these niggas still got to support my music, so maybe I shouldn't put this shit in my music. 
it might hurt me. Um, well, I mean, if you, we should express ourselves like on our so in our music, mm-hmm. we should definitely because, um, you know, we're here to reach a tribe in our music. Okay. Our music yeah. is supposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. be to, able to, to, to touch your, people. To get your following, right? You know, that's what music, I feel like if you, you create music to be able to reach people. Mm-hmm. So if your music is not doing that, then, you know, why, why are you creating it? Mm. So like for you as an artist though, what's the thin line? Like what are you not putting in your music? Um, <laughs> What am I not putting in yeah, my music? Yeah, like what's like something that's really affecting you and you're like, you know what? I'm going to just leave this alone. I'm not going to put it in my music because it might hurt my career. Um, Things that really, really... um, I don't know. Like I really, you know, I put stuff that... Uplifting stuff. Okay. Stuff that... You know, inspiring. I put inspirational, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. stuff that you know my my aspirations, mm-hmm. my goals. Like, would you know. would you talk about like something negative that's happening in your relationship in your song while you're still with that person? While I'm still with the person, yeah. So like, let's that's, say that don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that person. <laughs> nah. So like, let's say let's say you uh you with your man. His dad has some bow ties, so I'm going to just... You know where I'm going with this. Um, you with your man, you make him nut mad quick. And then in the, you putting that in the track, like, yeah, my nigga can't last five seconds with me. And he's sitting right there in the, in the studio, like... This is so good, he can't last five seconds with him. That's good, though. Ain't that good, though? But he might be sitting there, like... Like, wait, it was, that was like one seconds, night, ma'am. That was one night. One night. You call me slimming. Well, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> or, or y'all get into that bad argument and he, it's one of them arguments he wanted y'all to leave alone and you putting in a song like, bitch ass nigga came in trying to fuck my shit up. Like, I wouldn't put, hey. see, I don't, I, I don't really put, that's kind of like negative. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, I don't really talk, I talk more inspirational. I right. talk things to uplift people, right. you know, to give people motivation, mm. okay. you know, to give to encourage people because mm. um, I want to inspire, you know, I don't want people to, to feel, to be, feel bad about themselves. <laughs> you know so you're saying? not really going to put like that type of shit in there. Would you put any, any family business? Cause game in his project, he talked a lot about his, him and his brother not getting along. Like there's a lot of personal Family shit that he's putting in his songs. Would you was is that off limits too? Like you wouldn't put that in there. Um, I have good relationship with my with my family. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So okay, okay. <laughs> you got a good relationship now. Once you start really getting that bag, shit, damn. <laughs> exactly. You heard you heard Meek <laughs> Mill story, yeah, Jerome. Yeah, shit. Shit, I don't even know. I was like, damn, you know what I mean? <laughs> shit, you I don't even know you. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Hey, yo, Venus, can I? I Can I call you Venus? Uh, You know, I'm your third cousin. I ain't calling you no fucking Venus. I'm Uncle Betty's son. (laughs) You remember Uncle Betty, right? (laughs) Your mother named you that. I'm I'm gonna call you by your first name. Uh, What happened with uh, Buju, bro? Uh, Shout out to my guy Buju Bantan, who uh, signed a, a partnership. Partnership with Rock Nation, yep. and uh, when I read that, I was fucking happy as fuck. And then I did some more research on Buju. So as we know, Buju recently got out of prison um, for serving Fed time, some real fucking time. Um, we we all know why he got in there. It wasn't just because of the drug shit, um, but he he um, he he did his tour, his uh, his his freedom tour, welcome back, and 
They said every tour date he had sold out, bro. That shit. <laughs> Over 36,000 people every night, bro. That shit's nah, insane. Budget, budget is budget. Like, you know, so, you legendary. know the vibes. Right. So, my thing with Budget is, and I guess you could talk more about this, is this a good partnership? And what can Rock Nation really do for this cultured icon? Because it's not just reggae. That's a cult. He's... More, more, more on the lines of like a, a Bob Marley, Mike Jackson situation. Like, this is Bujo Bond. I think it's a great partnership for him because Bujo has always struggled with tapping into the U.S. market the way Facts. he wanted to. Facts, yeah. And Rock Nation isn't letting him change his image. If you see his new singles out, they're still, they still have that mid-90s feel to yeah. it. His voice is his voice. His we voice know him is, for his wow. voice. So I think him doing this deal with Rock Nation only puts him in a better predicament for him to tap into a larger fan base and market to a bigger crowd. Mm-hmm. And he need that visa. Oh, yeah. Because he definitely ain't got that. But once he get that, drive out, don't stop on time. You know? Did you, um, did, you, uh, did you grow up on any uh, type of reggae music or any reggae influence? Um... My father's St. Lucian. You know? Oh, okay. So he's from the island. Lucian Mun. I thought Venus was going to hit us with that. No, I'm black, black. <laughs> I'm black, black. <laughs> and I see my mother's side is from down south. Okay. Oh. But, you know, so I'm like half, half free. Right, you know, right, right. What, what part? They're from South Carolina, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, they, oh, this is our second south guest yeah, from, from, from the Carolinas. Carolina. <laughs> your parents from the south, south. Well, right. your mom from the south, south. Right. So you grew up on like grits. Right. right, bacon. <laughs> but see, I didn't eat pig feet. You, know, you, about pig feet. Add, you already know about that. <laughs> the pig feet. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't no bird. You ain't no bird. No, I, no. But I ate collard greens. Okay, no chicken back. No, <laughs> no frozen. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I ate oxtail though. Okay, oxtail, chicken back, chicken foot. Okay, the backs of chicken, boy. Oh my god, hot time. Listen. Chicken bucket neck. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with that, all right? Niggas is eating chicken beef, chicken, chicken toenail. Fuck out of here, boy. Put that chicken foot in the curry, boy. I definitely used to eat chicken toenail. Yo, I don't know how oh y'all Caribbean God. niggas like putting bones in soup, my nigga. I love a bone. <laughs> I'm bones. Caribbean too, but yeah. I don't do that, yo. Niggas be giving me a full fish. I'm like... I'm a, I'm a, listen, I'm a pretty nigga. I like the bone. I like my fish deboned. Like, like don't give me bones. no bone. Yo, I was so sick at Ocean, uh, fucking, ele- what was it? What else? Oh, yeah. Oxygen. Yeah. Niggas gave me the, the yeah, fish. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. That's what's up. Every bite had a bone in it, boy. Uh-uh. Don't do that shit to right. me, son. I need the meat. That's, that's it. Actually, that's actually eating it the that's right way. Crazy. You know what I mean? Where but, y'all from? Um, Barbados. Yeah, where you from? I'm really from Jamaica. And where you from? Yeah. Belize, born and raised. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this, Omarion. <laughs> oh, I, how, how Fizz topic. took his girl? <laughs> hey, we we spoke about we that, spoke but, about it, but we gotta I, talk about it now. That's crazy. I told y'all niggas that this nigga was bothered. Mm. Did I not say this nigga well, was upset? What happened? So he dropped uh, B2K, B2K from the tour. From the what? Ashanti is not part of the tour. Yeah, I just read that. That's what I mm. heard. Ashanti's <laughs> a good look. I listen, listen. Chess is chess. Chess is definitely chess. That nigga just said, "Oh, you fucked my wife. I'm gonna fuck your money up." Yeah, man. cool. That's fine. He's still, yeah, he still with her though. Nah, nah, nah. All right. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What? Wait, Fizz is not. No, I'm talking about Amari. Amari, no, 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 that's that's Amaria. old. He's never getting back. We know this. Yo, but he, he was like doing her dirty. But, but you know what? We we gotta ask. We gotta ask her like a female is on the show. Yes. Right. 
would you, what you get with your ex's friend? Nah. Nah. <laughs> she, like, how you gonna, how you gonna mess with the homie? Yeah. How you gonna mess with the homie, though? Like, she screwed the homie. Nah, let me, ooh, let me. Wait, let's keep it. No, you want Hold up. Let's keep it a stack. Too much. Wait, Venus, let's keep it a yeah, stack. Let's keep it a hundred. See, have, I don't be wanting to have too much of an opinion. <laughs> have you, have, have you ever looked at your homegirl's dude and been like, Nah, you don't deserve that nigga, bitch. Not even, but he alright. You know what I mean? If, if, if she didn't meet nah. him out of out of uh, it's rules to this. Like oh, okay. it's, it's rules mm. for real. Like that's violation. It's just certain Facts. things you. Don't I have do. a question though. If you was on a level as Omarion, are you doing the same thing or are you doing something totally different? Because what he did was a chess move. He basically said, "All right, cool. I'm gonna fuck the bag up." What would you do if you was Omarion? Ooh. But like he's that's petty. Like yo. But what would you do? I feel like Venus will fight. <laughs> I honestly feel like Venus. Fuck all that inspiration shit. I'm fucking a bitch up there. Fuck that. Like if I was Fizz. No, if you no, was Omarion. You was Omarion. So if your homegirl and your homegirl took, took your, your, so the person that you was about to marry, and you your got baby babies father. With but your homegirl ended up with not, your baby see, father. But, but Marion already moved on. It's not like he was not with her for years. It don't matter though. He got kids with her. I feel like once kids, are, oh, there, there we kids, go. kids, kids are, it's different now. Kids he felt disrespected. Fizz was your kids, basically they uncle. So now they're looking at him like, "Are you my daddy?" Like he's embarrassed. But mad my embarrassed. Whole, but my whole thing is, all right, under, I understand that. But then, oh my fault. I understand that. But like, yo, so it's like, he, like he. He wasn't with her for years, though. Man. Hold on, hold on. So wait, hold the fuck up. <laughs> we got to clarify this. So, let's say you two together. You have his baby, right? It's been two years you and him broken up. That's y'all living out, y'all living out yeah. solo, pretty solo baby. lives. <laughs> and his man's come to holler at you now. You low-key attracted to his man's, but you don't, you know, y'all ain't really that close. Right. But he comes and hollers at you. No, it's wrong. It's, she shouldn't have did it. She it's shouldn't wrong. have did it. No, she shouldn't have done Venus, it. just tell the audience you beating a bitch up. Yeah, just tell her that you want to bitch I'm leaving my inspiration for the music, but I got to drag this bitch like sanitation. Bitch, yeah. goodbye. I would have been Fuck tight. This bitch is it's garbage day. <laughs> Fucking garbage day, I would have been mad, definitely. I'm dragging the bitch. I would have been tight. I'm yes, put Kool-Aid on the bitch car. Fuck that. Definitely. Brooklyn bitch, fab made me. Because that means you, you've been plotting the whole time. I was, I was just gonna say Fizz definitely means, said a comment and he said I was just waiting my turn right how does your nigga nah, say see, I was waiting see, my that's turn that's the shit that that's bothers me that's what your me. nigga said I would've, I would've, that would've gotten me <laughs> tight I would've probably been low key <laughs> with everything else I might've been cool so. I would've right. said like the Italian say I'm a little concerned at first <laughs> at first I'm a little concerned but when that nigga released yeah. the, I was waiting my turn. All right, my nigga. I was I'm like, slightly right, worried right, right. now. Nah, no, I'm at <laughs> your crib, bro. Like, what's what's you wrong was with creeping you? on this? So this, you was I was on waiting my turn when we was together. But basically, what I'm looking at it like, Fizz already knew he wanted to smash right. what Omarion got with Shorty. How? But how you as Shorty? I don't know. Hear the nigga say that on social media. Man, you cool with this? And shit. you just sitting there letting him still play with your ass. Get yeah, the yeah. fuck out of here. I don't know. She was with the shits the whole time. She was probably liking the nigga the whole time too. Possibly. Right. She couldn't get the fit, so she settled with Omari. You never know Damn. what. what Damn. Yo, that's you hard. That's know. a horrible way. To I hate it. it had to be you, oh. Venus, how do you feel about this Ti Hyman situation? Oh shit. Um, tell me more about this. Okay. So he was on the Red Table Talk uh, series, 
And he had no, I'm my, my fault. He was on a podcast before, uh-huh. and he had mentioned that he goes with his daughter to check her hymen to make sure that she hasn't had sex yet. Oh, okay. So with saying it, uh, he got a lot of backlash. A lot of people was like, "Yo, you bugging like that's it's mad. Weird. It's it's weird. It's sexist. <laughs> it, it's a lot of different things." So he went on the red table talk. Last week was part one. Yeah, part one. Yeah. yeah. And he part said he he was trying to clear clarify and clear things up. Mm. So what he said was people were making up stories and he never said that he was in the room. I don't recall nobody saying that he said yeah, he was in the room. Yeah, I don't remember that. But he said he said he never was in the room and he also said that he never said that her mother wasn't there with, with her and he said he never forced her to. The nigga was lying. <laughs> He was in the room? No, he was never in the room. He can't be in the room. But the nigga said in the show that every birthday, he put a sticky note on her door and said, you know what time it is. It's time to to go to the doctor. So I I don't know if the nigga thought we ain't here the same podcast. It's a little wild, bro. But we got the audio in the old episode last week's episode. Let's let's ask you this. Are you letting your... Baby father, take oh, yeah. your daughter oh, oh, yeah, to husband. her GYN appointments every year. Not take. I don't think taking is the wrong. Can he force your daughter to check solely to check her hymen just to see if she's having sex or not? Wait, I don't think that's. Can, I think that I think he made it that way, but I, I think he's just going with her to her annual GYN appointment. Yeah, we have to make sure we phrase this appropriately okay. yeah. because the phrase the phrasing of it is what's messing up <laughs> the. Is what's confusing know, everybody. He didn't clarify that on the red table talk. He said, "Am I wrong for being overprotective?" So he's standing by, I checking mean, the hymen. If you're booking an appointment <laughs> with your daughter's gyn, yeah, you're making the call just for that particular purpose. <laughs> you bugging the wild. Yeah, that's you, wild. Wait, 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 wait. If if he books appointment for her to check her gyn, go to the to go get checkup is fine. I think. That's, yeah, what's wrong with that? But to check the no, hymen to see what, if she's what, having what, sex. What, that's what we're what trying you, to clarify. What do you mean? She he checks her hymen. So okay. Part of a physical, the physical in the, I mean, you know more than me. Fuck. <laughs> I don't have to break this shit down. Uh, listen, like, you mean, like, he, he literally checks her butt? No, no. <laughs> when, when, when they go do the GYN appointment, no. he specifically requests that the, the gynecologist check, checks her hymen. Her hymen, see if it's broken. Like, he specifically requests that. Beyond doing the regular, the regular peaking, the regular peaking, you know. I don't wait, know. Wait, and then, wait, and wait, then, wait, what? And then he requests, and then he requests that the GYN doctor tells him. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's out of control. Right. <laughs> See, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Like, I need to be. Close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That's really out of control. We talked about this shit last week. Man. That's out of control. I think he accompanies her to a regular yearly GYN appointment and, he wants and to request. Know. An additional, an additional crazy, test. What he, what he tells the doctor, he said, he said it, he said it, quote unquote, in jest. But he was like, he tells the doctor, now give me my results. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say. What does he think? Like he, he thinks like she's not gonna have sex with his vagina, her vagina, so but she'll sneak and have it with her butt. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. They should be like, oh, like I don't have to have it with my vagina, but we could do it with the butt. He won't ever know about that. I mean, I don't know. Like, you think like she's that She slick? could be sloppy toppy Betty. I was yeah, about to say, you don't know, know she's even doing oral sex, bro. So you trying to 
Stop. Like, man, like you, you don't know what she's like, like, you don't know she's getting fingered and you don't know what's going on. A whole, a whole lot of other things Yo, could be happening. Nah, I think there's something wrong. A nap, yeah, there's something wrong with you, bro. That oh. nigga's crazy. I've been like, thought he was a little off though. Like, but the, the, the part that bothered me, bro, is the <laughs> nigga say he don't know what the patriarchy is. Ti says expeditiously. <laughs> 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 At least what? five times a month. Right? <laughs> How you don't know what the patriarchy is? Ti puts a word of a day. I think on his fucking Instagram, he was doing that shit for a minute, and then sometimes he'll call the Breakfast Club and give them a word of the day, and then they'll announce it on the show. It is very hard for me to crazy. believe that he didn't know what the patriarchy is. He's saying he didn't. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna believe it. But it nah. is really hard for me to believe that. I just think that the Red Table Talk was just ingenious in terms of a PR move. Yeah, definitely you, a good. You PR go movie. on there. It's a group of women, mm-hmm. and you're it, about to. Yeah, it's one of the most popular shows on Facebook. Watch, yeah. In general, it's, it's really is a really important space. It's, it's a really important space. Okay. Great topics so, so he's on there. You have these women educate you. Mm-hmm. Educate because he sitting there acting like he's dumb right at least in my opinion well that's he, how he looked he looked like he was just playing dumb he looked like he was dumb he had the fucking hat on i was like nigga you supposed to come to this with a suit on nigga you fucked up right there and so to I, he just to me he was playing dumb but it's an ingenious way i'm humbled in this space you tell me what i where i went wrong right i'm a slightly push back and say i was just trying to be an overprotective parent right. we still got to make this a great episode though. and and right. y'all are going to yes. tell me i'm not wrong for being an overprotective parent right veiling me a little bit right and then you're going to tell me where i went wrong and i'm mm-hmm. gonna act like i learned from it and, and not the episode squared away right yeah, and so then it was a good and and then we have a part two right. where we get into some next sloppy toppy shit. With him and Tiny. So now we're not even talking about the Hyman situation no more. Now we got to talk about how you cheated on Tiny and y'all came on the show and talked about it. That's a genius. I mean, they talked about mad stuff, how he held Tiny back, what that dynamic of their relationship is, how um how he, how how she feels, not, I don't want to say trapped, but how she feels underaccomplished. Mm. Because he's Damn. always overshadowed her and forced her to be in a predicament where she felt like she couldn't elevate herself higher than she could have been. Me, me, above me, where she wanted me personally. Well, that's her fault. That's her yeah. fault. She put herself in that situation. Yeah. I was just like, about she to was say. in a group. Yeah. She decided to put him in his career before her and <clears throat> mm-hmm. her career. Mm-hmm. You know, she was popping when she met. She him. definitely was popping. She was more she was. lit than him. She gave him her money. Yeah. And she yeah. put his put to put his career first, make him. Talking to the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on her. Oh, let me. Sh- I'm yeah. saying too much. Oh no, my no, 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 no. You say you say how you feel. I don't feel. Yeah, right. I be like, right. I don't want to say the wrong things. No, no, no. Like, I ain't offended. Yeah, you're not offending nobody. Because women, all the all, all, all of our women listeners are listening to you. And they like, you know what? Venus is speaking some real shit. Because I was right. gonna say on, on top of that, I feel like low key. Anytime, and, and this is my per. This is actually probably gonna be the first time I say this actually on the podcast. Anytime I know that a woman has great potential to be great, and she's with a nigga that's giving her kid after kid after kid. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like the nigga's trapping her. That's mm-hmm. right. I know too many. I know. I just spoke to one just now who was like, "I don't know if I can come to your event next week because I got twins that that I'm expecting." I was like, "Son, you pregnant again, kid?" Mm-hmm. Yo, it's too much of y'all getting caught up we in the cycle. We always talk game. about women, uh, quote unquote, trapping men, but niggas be... Niggas, niggas, niggas do this just as well. Niggas yeah. see a girl, 
A lot of times it be it it'll be on uh she got a masters, right? She got her own crib, she yeah. got her own, and you still doing whatever dumb shit you doing, but you get her pregnant. Now you attached to I've seen too many super smart, successful girls be with a bum ass nigga solely because yeah. he he impregnated her and had a trap. Shit crazy, son. And it, a it, lot of them up. don't get out of that cycle, kid, because Shorty on her fourth kid. And I'm just like, you're not even 30 yet, man. Before we move on, no, Rob But you got to learn from your mistakes, though. You, it don't take... You have to learn from your mistakes. That's Come true. on. Rod Diggers uh, jumped in the, the Hyman conversation. I'm going to see if I, really? can pull, I can pull up this... Uh... Rod Digger. Shout out, uh, shout, right, shout, shout out to Rod Digger. <laughs> Rod Digger. Rod Digger. Doing her thing. Jumped in. Um, let me see if I can find it. Shout out to Rod Digger, man. Was she also one of your um, influences coming up? Who, Tiny? No. Uh, oh. Well, we know about Tiny, but Rod Digger. Oh, yeah. I like Rod Digger. Yeah, yeah. Rod Digger was very, like, raw. She was just good. She definitely was, yeah. And she was, you know, looked good, but she just had that street side. Yeah. So I guess... You you doing your inspiration, but you look good. So it's like, okay, right. like, you know, she's definitely a good girl to look at. Oh, and, but she's inspiring me to be better. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Rod Digger said, <laughs> well, I did it. And guess what? When I found out she wasn't anymore, I didn't berate her. Uh, no. Did I kick her out the house? No. I was able to have a combo where she simply told me what it was. And I emphasized being safe and life went on. But the purity exam is bullshit. It's evasive. This is what a fan said back to her. A HIPAA violation. And most importantly, it's all a lie. That's not how hymens work. I understand wanting to have structure, but that shit T.I. have been doing is indefensible. So then she goes, so on top of it being criminal for parents to discipline their children, they're trying to make it criminal now to monitor their sex lives. Fuck out of here. I stand with Tit. That was Rod Digger. Damn. She stands with him? She stands with Tit. That's wild. Rod dude. then goes on to say, when you have a son, you have one penis to worry about. But when you have a daughter, you have everybody's penis to worry about. Whoa. That shit is crazy. That's a wild statement. Then God, she said, damn. so the day she turned 18, he went from being an overprotective dad to a pervert. Just uh, oh, because any vaginas still in my house that I have to provide for are getting policed straight like that. Uh, and then mm. she, she going in with the T though. She goes, all I know is the thought of my dad finding out about a sex life kept my ass a virgin until I was 19. Thank you, dad. I don't know what everybody, everybody else talking about. about. <laughs> it's not, it's not. Outrageous! It's definitely not outrageous. I she's, mean, it's she's not... bringing up a lot of great points, though. That statement about the one penis versus everybody penis uh, trying to get at your daughter—that's real. Um, but that's a sexist statement to me. Wait a minute—is is that legal for them to be able to test the doctor to test her butt to tell him if that if if it was broken and all that? Well, it's probably. I mean, he's the guardian, so they have to tell him. They, she they still has to consent to it after she turns 16. And she probably, she did consent because she's 18 now. She's been consenting with They that. have to sign the paperwork saying that uh, it's like you you can get that, those results. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think, I don't, maybe it's just me, but I'm not policing my daughter to that extent. No, I don't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so that. I think, <laughs> I think that is a overreaction to a under, you're not you're not involved. It's under-involvement. Overreaction to under-involvement. 
if I'm talking to my daughter daily or right. in her life daily, there's no reason for me to find things out through a doctor visit. I would hope that we built enough of a, a good relationship, relationship that she can that tell she can me. Thank you. Yo, yes. this is what's going on. Let's t- talk to we're, we're, not, we're not looking at the negative side to this. What happens when your child figures out that you actually can't do nothing? And when that's a act, real situation a re- right, there. right there. What, what happens when they're like, so what? What if I am not a virgin? What you going to do? Right. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? If you I'm not, put me you, right. Thank you. Because he definitely 14, not going to do that. Or 15. Right. And then she has money. She could just go live with her mother. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? do? Okay. And what now what? Do? She could possibly live on her own. Thank you. She hit you with that. What are you going to do? She can't live on her own. But what are you going to do, She'll just go sir? live with her mother. Right. What are you finna do? You going to put hands on me because I'm not a virgin to go to jail? Yeah. You going to put me out so you can get an ACS case? He'll just probably take all his resources, all his money from her. Oh, just, that? He'll that, definitely do that. Yeah. And that just sounds crazy. Yeah, that sounds yeah. bad. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do that either. He's not going to have his daughter out here looking like a bum. Yeah, because yeah. that's so what the is he going to do? First thing on the tabloid. Yeah. And like, oh, you see? Have you seen Ti's daughter? And that's out here worse looking? than the Hyman situation. <laughs> yeah. He put out because she had sex. Oh, get the. They're gonna be like Ti gonna... because you let's sex. put up your track record. Let's play all. Let's play all your records about you having sex with multiple women. And he Man. never, he never really went over the fact that he doesn't do the same shit to his sons. He glossed over mm-hmm. that part of the conversation. Uh, well, you know it's a double standard. I will prove it. You would never know. That nigga could be beating his meat since he was eight. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. We so Angela Simmons, I guess because this virginity topic had become a big thing. Says and that, that show coming back, Growing Up Hip Hop. Oh, you right. Yep. That She says it was a lot for her to handle um, after she ended up being pregnant. After all those years of saying that she was a virgin. That was crazy. And then she just popped up pregnant. That, that was crazy. And, and she felt like the backlash that she re- she received a lot of scrutiny from that. So I guess. Well, you lied to other chicks that's your age that's probably still a virgin. Well, she said she didn't lie. I guess she had oh, sex that, that time. That first time. And. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, fuck up. So. Your first time? <laughs> your first time at 20 whatever age you oh, was at that son. time. Oh, my God. Your grown-ass woman. I ain't woman. trying to hear that. 26 or something. 26 oh years old. I ain't trying to hear that. And the first time you let the nigga Now you pregnant? Hit, you pregnant? So that means you let the nigga hit raw. Raw. <laughs> Stop your it. first man. time you ever said crazy. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> your first time fucking. Y'all is crazy. Why you lying you, on your Simmons, bitch? Fuck out of here, boy. <laughs> Was you really growing up hip hop when you were sucking? Come well, on. he was growing up hip hop. <laughs> he was definitely yeah. growing up hip hop. What was y'all? I'm about to give you a fucking rap career. Come in. Fuck out of here, yo. Crazy. Shit, you ain't never rapping your life till I put this you dick in you. Come in. Well, you found the spot yet? My, my thing here. is, if you try to stand on moral high grounds around shit that everybody does, you end yeah. up having egg on your face. Everybody's fucking. Yeah, literally. She so, had egg on her face. So, like, don't try and stand on... The, yeah, she had all types of egg that on her face. <laughs> By the way, this nigga Orlando out here. <laughs> he still is wilding out. He is. He is wilding. We, anyway. we gotta get him safe. <laughs> Somebody need to help him. Yeah. But if you stand on these moral high grounds about things that everybody's doing, right. when you end up in that position, you look stupid. You gotta take the heat. You can't be sitting here like, yo, 
you know, I work out every day, and then that one time that that you go through that spurt and you turn into a fat nigga, now you looking <laughs> stupid because you didn't tell everybody, nah, this the lifestyle. That that time, no, I don't fuck you niggas right. is is dirty because y'all right. fuck, and then you pop out with a whole, a whole baby, baby boy, <laughs> like you look dumb. A whole baby. <laughs> so homeboy, right. the first time y'all fucked, you got yeah. pregnant. Boy? Yeah, yeah, no condom. Clapping that boy, please. Like, let's stop. Boy, please, let's stop on doing the this. regular, sir. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So Ariana Fetcher, mm-hmm. um, G Herbo's ex, came out and she basically put a series of posts out saying one of them was basically like, if he doesn't tell you that he's gonna kill you, how do you know he really loves you? Okay, alright. What? <laughs> oh, we can pass that. Yeah, we please let's that sounds weird. What are we talking about? <laughs> Listen, what? Man. I just think what real weird. world is she living in? The the problem I the have is she gets smacked every night. Let's move on. The problem with it, son, is is a lot of young girls really be sitting here like, yo, yeah, if he don't yoke me up and choke me every now and then, he, he not passionate, right? Venus, I feel bad for them. <laughs> I really feel That's bad. That's a per- I'm good, sir. Yeah, I'm straight. Listen, oh my, my hey, my my wife ain't gonna. If, if if the only way you can prove you love me is for you to choke me, I have a sex problem. I'm yes, yes I have an addiction. But ch- choking me during sex, cool. I feel like that's different. Right. Just to choke you, just to choke you. Okay, just you angry one day. Yeah. You like yo, come here, bitch. <laughs> You want to choke her out? I don't want to choke you. <laughs> Why? I had a fucking bad day. Nah. Oh. Hold all of that. Hold that, that sauce, sir. I don't <laughs> want that man. sauce on my meat, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, right. man. So a nigga came out the other day. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the post. But okay. basically he said he hates his wife and kids. And he wishes that he never got married and he never had children. I'm going to see if I can oh, put some more context. Shit. Because it was... All right, so what's happening in our world? I don't know. So he said, a lot oh, of niggas out here doing like that. Nah, he was speaking about it. He was talking about it. He said, I never wanted kids. Never saw myself as a family man. Now I have three kids. They are all amazing. I hate them more than anything. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've I heard for them. What the a lot f- of people like that though, bro. So, that, so he goes, I hate, I hate being needed. Mm. I hate the whining. I hate how they have ruined my life. Oh. I hate how I can't do the things I want to do because they exist. Jesus Christ. He so said, what does he want to do? He goes, I also resent <laughs> my think, wife. You talk, go to therapy, bro. You need to talk ma- to a therapist For making this. me choose dumb. Uh, but, no, but for making me choose between losing her or having kids. <laughs> she gave me an ultimatum. I've been out. And, um. and I realized that I made the wrong choice. <laughs> I don't hate children in general, and if other people want to have kids, more power to them. But I feel like this is the biggest mistake I ever made. The stress is so bad that I put on I was put on a 72-hour suicide watch at the oh. hospital. Right. Oh, yeah. That's, that's gone. He's gone. Yo, the nigga yeah, goes, and this is no longer funny now because the nigga wallet, but wow. he goes, I would rather kill myself than continue down this road. But I'm trapped. I had these kids. I made this terrible decision. So now I have to do my best to be an amazing dad for them. And I do my best. Just because I hate them doesn't mean that they don't deserve that they deserve a shitty life. I get no good emotion from being a father. Hearing them laugh or tell me they love me does nothing for me. 
If my wife and kids died in a fiery car wreck, I doubt I'd even cry. I want to leave, but they don't deserve a broken home. And by the time they're 18, the economy will be will probably be so collapsed that it will be normal for several generations of family to live under the same roof. And I'll be trapped. That's what's happening now. I want to leave them, but I was raised better. And anytime I start to put my escape into motion, I feel guilty. Not sad, guilty. This is a broken man. God damn. My whole thing is this. He says that he um, wanted to, he don't care if his wife and kids, um, like if any, they died. Or yeah, he said he died in a fiery So my whole thing is, when she gave him that ultimatum. He had a choice. He had a choice. He could have just left. So. When he said, it's either me or. Um, no, she said, she said, you either, you know. Choose me, yeah, or, choose me. or have, or kids, have with kids. kids with me. Or have kids with me. Why didn't he just say, well, fuck you. Bye. I don't know, son. He, he didn't loved really. Her. He loved her. He, he loved, loved her. her. But now he says he don't care if she dies. That Which is crazy. crazy. So you don't love her. Nah, he, he loved he, he, he loved her, her up until he, he probably re- loved her, but I think but you don't he just her. didn't want to. No, 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 the, the kid, they, yeah, he didn't. He, he, he didn't, didn't know he was doing it for her. Not but everybody. You don't love her now, no more. Not everybody is you built. Want her to die. No, not, he doesn't care no, no, if she no. dies. Not everybody. You don't love her then. No, no, no. I don't right? think it's that though, Venus. At the end of the day, he probably loved her. As a as, as a two as single, right? Me and you, yeah, me and you, just me and you together. That's it. He wasn't built. But he's not built to deal with a family. No, a family. Yeah, he's not built for that. Plus, now everybody is. Now every, plus, me and you can rock out great. And when you have your, when you have that child, you turn to a whole other person. I know. True. Responsibility. Responsibility. Well, no, well, stress. now you're into motherhood, and now I'm seeing another side of you I never saw. And now I gotta either adjust or fucking figure out an escape plan. Or we, or, or our relationship has changed so much because you want to raise the kids different than how I think I they go. should be. Or in his case, it just sounds like he didn't want to raise shit. He just wanted to be with her forever, fucking and frolicking and Whatever. taking vacations, which is cool. But the ultimatum still stands, my nigga. Nigga, she gave you an ultimatum. She said, "Yo, either gonna rock out with me." No, she said, "Either me or kids." Yeah, either me or kids. So choose, nigga, because you can have oh, me. Either, um, choosey, kids or choosey, choosey, kids or the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kids or the door. And basically, no, it's, it's a simple thing. I want kids, nigga. So if you want to be with me, I want to have a family. Right. And so what's not, up? You could bounce. He wanted to be with her, but he literally took how he felt out of the equation. He tried like, to sacrifice yeah, himself, which sac- many men do. He sacrificed himself. I mean, many situation. people do in, in relationships in, in general. ways, yeah, because women go through it too. A Some people women- sacrifice, oh, even as simple as, I got this new job, we got to move. You going to move Some or you going to stay Some women don't want to do it. Mm. Yeah. And this nigga, I guess, was saying, you know, I'll make <sighs> the sacrifice and ended up in here and really... Losing himself, son. He literally, 72 he- hours suicide watch at the hospital? Nah. He, he needs himself. to... He you need help. To- he needs to figure it out because he sounds like he might he might kill them. Yeah, yeah. he needs help. He might he's kill them those, or he, he might kill you know, himself. It's funny he's one of those type of dudes where you know when that great depression, not the great depression, but when the the market crashed like 10, 15 years right. ago, when you he heard dudes was killing their entire families, and it was almost like oh, yeah, 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 one yeah, of them yeah, yeah. He's one of them type of dudes. Well, the shit is well, we ain't gonna make it. Man. Yeah, yeah actually right because when that stock market shit happened, mad niggas was killing themselves, killing their families. Family. To me, it was yeah, just it was. a cop out plan. They they just was looking for opportunity to do that shit yeah. on some real shit. Yeah, on some real shit. Nah, I agree. Yeah. So Venus, I know you say you got a studio session to run to. We got a couple more topics. Do you want to stay with us, or are you about to head out? Um, I think I'm gonna head out soon. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so we'll do this last topic with you, and then Alrighty. you can dip out, and we'll uh finish up for the night. Um, 
All right, let's talk about the women and girls going missing. Yeah, so I was reading. Um, well, first of all, shout out to um, Amnesty International and shout out to all of the uh, news sites who have been documenting uh, this situation with these white vans. And basically, they're saying now 64,000 black girls and women are missing in total in the United States. Um, I was uh, watching a lot of news tabloids in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., Every year, between one to 2,000 kids go missing every year. It hasn't stopped. So I was like, oh, this shit is serious. Um, So my question is, where are you with that? Um, Because this actually, so this 64,000 number comes from a culmination of all numbers tallied from all these different sites. And then it goes to like the CDC. Then they put it together and then they get the information from the CDC. But it's in conjunction with the FBI. So the FBI is actually the people who actually got this information to them. Um, first of all, I don't understand how this is happening in our capital. Mm. Big facts. <laughs> like it's that's just totally bizarre. Second, it goes to show how um is it I feel that when you are when you don't have that much um you don't have that much money, you know, is and re- when you don't have that much money, like you you are vulnerable. Mm. I feel that when you have when you're of a higher socioeconomic status, things get done quicker. Like, you know, it pushes the government to go out there and search for your family members. I definitely believe, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I you think know? that's the truth. Like, they kick back, they, 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 uh, they slug their feet, they don't do what they gotta do when you're poor. And that's what a lot of women said, that their uh, children are missing. A lot of women said that to the news anchors. And then they blame the news anchors for not helping tell their story because they broke. One thing I do want to I want to touch on, though, is so article is out now mm-hmm. um, saying a Facebook rumor about white vans is spreading fear across America. So terrifying rumors initially propelled by Facebook's algorithms have sparked fears that men driving white vans are kidnapping women all across the United States for sex trafficking and to sell their body parts. While there is no evidence to suggest this is happening much less on a national coordinated scale, a series of viral Facebook posts created a domino effect that led to the mayor of a major American city issuing a warning, blah, 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 blah. So we just also have to be careful because I think a lot of people are seeing these memes on IG bad memes, yo. and Facebook. And I'm seeing... I'm seeing people put up shit. I saw a white van the other night and it was creeping up. Yeah. Listen. Damn, y'all going in (laughs) This ain't no fucking movie. Niggas is not doing... Niggas is kidnapping people, but it's not no white van pulling up on y'all. Like, (laughs) I need y'all to relax and understand that that's not how... I was on flat, but I saw a white van. Bitch, that was construction. That was a construction construction nigga. He had a ladder in the back. The nigga's name was Jermaine, bro, and he was doing plumbing. So, I need everyone to run. Ruda van, you getting shook now? Like, what? (laughs) Niggas in white vans getting their ass beat, right? That's the construction (laughs) workforces in white vans, bro. Hey, undocumented. Too. Undocumented too. <laughs> undocumented. These niggas. Mexicans are waiting at Home Depot. Hop out, like, Raul, we'll hop out. Damn it! Damn it, mother! You need help, mommy? Come and stop. I fix your. I fix your. I need y'all to relax and like let these niggas. These niggas is wilding. These niggas is wilding. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
I need y'all to chill though. The white man's is not coming to fuck you up. Like, nah, bro. But you, you they're not coming to do that, son. Oh my like, God. like no, it's, it's not, it, niggas is kidnapping people. It's different ways they doing different it. Different ways. Uh, the white know? van was was fucking nineteen ninety four. When it was picking up kids of, in the white vans. There's like, a lot of beat down white vans out there, bro. They got black vans now, too, which is a little bit better. It's a little bit better. To kidnap a nigga what? in the night. Like, I don't know, man. So I need y'all to kind of just it's stop jumping on Instagram posting. Like, stop getting your news from Instagram and Facebook. The, I think the biggest part about all of this, be fucking aware <laughs> of your surroundings. Be safe. Yeah. Be safe. Know who yeah. you with. Know who you with. And pay the Pay fucking yeah, attention. Pay attention. attention. And and also read up on shit. Don't just see a meme that has numbers and statistics mm. on it yeah. and believe it. 35 women were taken by a white van white just last van, week. Last, last. Niggas is making those things on purpose mm. to, to get some type of clout. Man. They know you're going to share it. They know you're mm. going to repost it. And now you look like you're the number one nigga uh, that has knowledge on white vans. But white vans ain't doing... This shit, like if I have a white van and I drive past you, clutching you, clutch, looking. Oh my god! I have a not... friend who made a post the other day, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, "Baby girl, that van was not looking at you." I was walking down the block, and the white van was creeping up slowly behind. <laughs> no, no the, the nigga probably dropped his phone in the truck. Shit. You're probably delivering something, some packages. Like, you, know, you don't know what's going on, sir. Really don't know Looking for an address? Yeah. We don't know what's going Nigga on. Nigga work for Box. That's it. You freshly bought freshly that white man. That nigga's fucking last three grand. My man has to come up. Are you talking about trying to kidnap me? Fuck out of here. Nigga don't know how to spell kidnap. But. Venus, well. thank you for being with us. Well. No doubt. Thank you, you for having amazing. me. Um, and you guys are too. I like your energy. Y'all was definitely cool. Oh, Let turn turns up. Let the people know where they can find you and anything else that you want them to know if there's like any upcoming what? shows. Or right. Yeah, y'all can like find that. me on my Instagram, uh, goddess underscore Venus. Um, everywhere, Twitter, uh, goddess Venus 247, Facebook, goddess Venus uh, 247. Um, I have a new project that will uh, be coming out very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely look out for that. Um, and yeah, I have a couple of shows that will, you know, is I'll be having some shows coming out mm-hmm. soon, you know. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned, you know. Man, new stuff coming up this new year, mm-hmm. you know. 2020. I'm, 2020. 2020, I'm excited. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. And, yo, it's just lit, you know. I got that page verified on Instagram. Congratulations you know? on that. <laughs> You we know, put some uh, hand claps there or some shit. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just you know, mad shit happening. You know, I'm just uh-huh. it's lit, baby. <laughs> goddess Venus, y'all, the yeah. goddess of Brooklyn. Exactly. What? Have a great uh, studio session. Thank you. Later, y'all. Right. Um, <laughs> you want to plug a Ready Whip right now, bro? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so uh, next week my company is doing our final event of the year, Ready Whip. So Ready Whip is an erotic show. So we're gonna have burlesque dancing. We're going to be uh, having a cupcake feed where we have cupcakes and people feed each other uh, cupcakes. Random people feed each other random cupcakes. Uh, we're going to have singing, going to have poetry, hip-hop music, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's next week, Secret Location. Um, so that's uh, Saturday, December 14th. If you want more information, uh, make sure you're following the Dad Has Some Boltops page. We'll be releasing the official venue next week. So stay tuned. Ready with. Also, we will... Um we are also 
going to tell you guys a little bit about Whining Wednesdays. Oh, shit. With Diamond Dimes. So, Whining Wednesdays is going to be a little event where uh, Dimes is going to teach y'all with them stiff waistlines how to loosen that shit up, wine pond the cocky. I'm done. <laughs> Get your shit lit. You know what I mean? She's wine for Egyptian. She's wine for Marshall Montana. Why you said it like that? I don't know. I had to add the extra. <laughs> Why you said it like that? Oh, shit up. Marshall Montana. Oh, shit up. Marshall Montana. Marshall Montana. She's wine for every motherfucker. So um, <laughs> this is the Heels edition, December 18th. Oh, hopefully not R. Kelly. Ripley Greer right, Studio. Sir. This All nigga right, said wine for R. Kelly. Right, oh, my, my God. God. My God. My God. I'm going to hold it down, all right? December 18th, y'all. <laughs> Ripley Greer Studios. Uh, that's 520 8th Ave, 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. There's going to be a live DJ. There's special guest dancers who will also be teaching. Um, advanced RSVPs are $15. And two-for-one special... Uh, RSVP only is $25, and the door price is $20. So uh, to RSVP, go to iModelDimes, uh, and yeah, she has a cash app that I think she's using oh, for that. Spicy. So yeah, Wine and Wednesdays, check that shit out, and let's get back to the motherfucking show. Big facts. All right, what we got fucking next, bro? Um, You want to go into the Roses? Give, yeah. give some niggas so, a roses real shout quick. Shout out to the owner of uh Slutty Vegan. Uh we uh we, we was in uh we was in Atlanta earlier this year and <clears throat> I was told to go check out this spot called Slutty Vegan, because you guys know I'm on that health shit. And I literally stood on that motherfucking line for like an hour. No exaggeration. That line was wrapped around a block. Um it's a vegan spot, 100 percent vegan, owned by this black woman. And this week I read an article that she paid for 30 um she paid 30 students, like she paid off their student debt loans, 30, because her business within the, the first six, eight months generated over a million dollars. So she's a millionaire right now. That's wild. Yeah. And her business just opened last year. Yeah. She only has one location. That shit is lit. I would love That's to crazy, sit down man. with her. Yeah. Pick her brain. And God just damn, figure so. out how. I mean, we do have Greedy Vegan um, that's in Brooklyn. Really? That's kind of similar. Is that the spot that you took me to? No, I didn't okay. take you. I don't think I took okay. you there. You took me to another spot. Close I think that's 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 the one over. Yeah, by, that's one by us. Uh, she Marks, she has right? two locations now. Oh, uh, she started about two or three years ago. Oh. That's the food there is fantastic. Food there is fantastic. So she's she, she's in the same wave as this young lady. Yeah, okay. she she's like the Brooklyn version of it. Dope. Shout and shout out to women that's running shit and making it happen for the community. We'll definitely get her on the show. I spoke Big to her, so okay. she said she'll come on. Dope. But we definitely got to see if we could get the greedy vegan owner. I mean, not greedy vegan. Um. Slutty vegan owner. I'm pretty sure we could finesse that. Yeah, let's yeah. let's get that. We popping. are we are dead ass in both times. We could finesse that. Do we? Uh, <laughs> let's let's go through the roses before we get to that fuck nigga. I really don't want to talk about him, but that I was do. Wild. Um, Joe Budden, the number one podcast on Spotify, not the Big number news. one urban, not the number one pop, number one, the period. number one podcast on Spotify. What the fuck does that mean for one the the uh, podcasting space? And for, I think, just black podcasting. For the podcast space, I feel like what it means and what it says, which we've been saying for a few years now, at some point, podcast is going to be, if not bigger than radio, it's going to be the new radio. That's a fact. Um, 
for the culture. I mean, first of all, Joe Budden, um, when Joe Budden first came out, Joe was signed to what, Def Jam flow? Joe Budden was signed to Def Jam when he first came out. Right. So when Joe first came out and he put out that project, he put out Pump It Up, Joe was a hit. Now, I mean, motherfucker was a millionaire at that point because that was the biggest record of that year. Um, Joe's delivery, the way that he took himself, the way that he approached the record, all of that. But came to get it on. Right. I came to <laughs> over the years. Joe Budden had had put out other records and did other shit with Marcus Houston. So he had other records. He had some you know singles. I mean? Joe, Joe Budden wasn't just not a pushover nigga. Um, him reinventing himself through podcasting lets you know that he was destined for greatness. Like he was not a big fact. He, there was no question of whether Joe and the Joe Budden yeah, story has Joe to Budden be one crazy. of the number one <laughs> underdog comeback stories in ever in history. Shout out to Joe Budden in so history. He's still relevant to this day, and we're not talking about music. But but let's let's really you gotta really encapsulate his career. So he had that number one right. hit record, right? Pump up, which is early two thousands, right? Then. He had a slew of other singles come out right. that never really reached yeah, that never, again. Yeah, yeah, right. And then he started beefing with his label. Yeah. They basically shelved him. Basically. Then he went over to Shady. Then he went over to Shady. Right. That, reinvigorated that reinvigorated him to yeah, a, a, a slight... Slaughterhouse. Right. Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. But then Slaughterhouse never reached the, the peak that we thought... That we thought it would have reached. As consumers, it we, would make. We know that's... Uh, I think that's Eminem's fault. That's a lot. That, Eminem is part of it. It's partly, it's mostly because even Joe said he's like, he maybe met M once or twice. I was just right. about to say that. Like, Joe definitely have gripes with that nigga. So. Yeah. And then with that, we kind of thought that was the end of Joe Budden. Yeah, because I Joe mean, Budden definitely went through a divorce. He went through the divorce. Then he, he also, loving that was crazy. And remember when they, that those videos went around with a nigga was chasing the car. <laughs> He was he was looking like Orlando. He was wild he was, he was looking like Orlando. He was fighting niggas. Yeah, the video of him fighting. He got his ass beat by a seventeen year old. Exactly. <laughs> so like it was over for Joe Budden for a moment. Complex is really where he came back to life. The Joe Budden podcast, although it was happening, was not where he came back to life. That was like kind of the underground. That's true. Yeah. When niggas was like, "Yo, yeah. you heard the Joe Budden podcast yeah. kind of lit." Yeah. Complex but it wasn't is where up we there. Really started because. We start to really see this personality. Like, the Yachty interview is really where it all came together. That Yachty interview was wild. Yachty interview went viral, <laughs> and that's what made things even for Complex. Because yeah. we we were we heard about Complex, we knew they were a magazine, we knew there was a there were a hip hop blog, but the Yachty interview went viral yeah. and viral. Yeah. Yeah. People right. caught on to it. Yeah, and there was a lot of opinion about yo, did he go in? <laughs> was he right? And then the nigga just got known for yelling on niggas. <laughs> <laughs> the memes happened. Those the, the memes went bananas. <laughs> and when he got dropped from Complex, which was wild, the podcast had picked up by then. So niggas, they, niggas went to the podcast. They went from Complex to the podcast because they followed Joe Budden, right? Because Joe Budden had became this yeah. thing now. Yeah, we followed. So him. people went to the podcast, and then he got that deal with Spotify. And prior to that deal, there was talks with him and Diddy with Revolt TV. We yeah, saw that from the well, state, state of the culture. Right. They did right. state, state of the, of the culture right. already. Joe was lining himself up because he knew he had a plan. Would I have guessed that he would be the number one podcast on Spotify within the year that they signed the deal? Probably no. Not. Not at all. So what does this say about Joe's butter? This lets me know his work ethic is insane. Because clearly, to, to get to number one, you, you, you're you not just recording podcasts, bro. You got to be a likable person. Niggas got to actually fuck with the content. And other people got to see it and be like, yo, this is bigger than the podcast. This is 
this is a movement. I think Joe Budden grew as an individual, I and he knew him. he started to learn how to contain that extra rawness and put it in particular. He started to harness it, so he knew when and where to use it. We always talk about time and space. Like, there's always a time and a place to use something or do something. And I think that's where he fucked up. He didn't know time and place. Right. He, you barking on the wrong niggas. You doing this in the wrong place. Like, keep that shit to a minimum and direct it somewhere. If you do it on somebody's show or on camera, now it becomes entertainment. Now it becomes something that people go to to see it as opposed to you getting caught in the street running, chasing a car because some niggas threw rocks at you or some whatever bullshit. Like, you just look stupid and crazy, but if you go on your show and you rant and rave for 15 minutes about how dumb niggas will get their ass beat for doing stupid shit to celebrities, now people want to listen to that because they're like, oh, never thought about that celebrity experience. So I think he just learned over the years how to harness his talent, which he probably didn't realize was a talent. He didn't think his ranting and raving was a talent. And I think now he realized, oh, snap. This is actually something that I can make a form of entertainment. And I put the right people around me, the right people in the room. Mm -hmm. And now it's not just, you know, me chilling with my friends and doing a podcast, which is it still has that vibe. But now it's like the conversations hit in a way that is universal. And that, I guess, shows with it being the number one podcast that that means not only black people are listening to it. No. That means people who listen to podcasts are listening to it. Like regular everyday people who probably don't even listen to us, they're listening to that nigga shit. So definitely flowers for that. Charlemagne spoke on it, but the funny thing is he put up a post like right after and he name dropped his podcast and the Breakfast Club in the post. So I feel like the nigga is like, they always say they in secret competition, but I do feel like <laughs> that post was just to make brilliant idiots relevant again because Petty that shit is not fuck. relevant right now. At all, you don't got the time, bro. He's too busy. Yeah, he's too. No, Charlemagne is mad fucking busy. He's too busy, and 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 Andrew can't hold that by himself. No, no. Yeah, that's nothing without Charlemagne. The Breakfast Club is nothing without Charlemagne. We know. Yeah, uh, nah, nah, no, nigga. No, it could probably. It will still be probably the one. It will still be a good show without Charlemagne. It wouldn't be if number they, one. It wouldn't be number, number one. one. But if they find someone to replace Charlemagne. It was still pretty much. That's a hard person to replace, I think. So. That's going to be hard, bro. His personality alone, bro. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a trash show, though. Mm. Nah, I'm not saying it's going to be trash. It's going to be nothing without his presence, him being there. I mean, they're, they're celebrating, what, 10 years next year? But. Nah, it'll, I think it'll still stay afloat. They'll find someone in that space, but I don't think. They're gonna lose numbers. Yeah, it for sure. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same show. I wouldn't be going to it without Charlemagne. I know that. Um, Envy's cool. Angela Yee's cool. But Charlemagne is clearly the one that keeps that that ship sailing. Of course, I'm yeah. not going to disagree with that. Yeah. Um, Jay Z turns fifty. Legacy, legacy. Really quick, prior to, and it's so funny because Jay mentioned this on. Him and Kanye West's album, Watch the Throne, and I'm like, you know, nobody else has said this. He says on Murder to Excellence, I arrived on the day that Fred Hampton died. Mm. Those niggas just multiply. R.I.P. to Fred Hampton, who was assassinated on the same day Jay was born, and R.I.P. to Pimp C, who was also killed the same day Jay was born. I didn't hear none of that on the radio, though. That's an interesting This is the shit that I know though, because I'm just really a hip hop enthusiast, and plus, you guys know I got my political roots, so I'm 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 listening to different radio. Like I'm listening to a lot of radio stations that same day, and I'm just like, 
damn, bro, like, I don't hear nothing about this shit. And this is actually a part of the culture, too. Because why the fuck would it not? And Jay is mentioning this in his, in his records. So I, that just had that threw me for a loop. I, I, think I actually didn't listen to no Jay that whole day, though. The biggest takeaway I get from Jay still even being in this space and turning 50 and still being so relevant in hip-hop and rap is that Jay-Z, I can't give it to no other artist, no other rapper, rather. Jay-Z is the one that I credit from taking hip-hop to be this form of entertainment that is particularly owned by labels that are particularly owned by white people and making it something that became a tool that turned him into a businessman and made hip-hop an actual business and not just this quote-unquote form of entertainment. But it's now like, oh no, this is how I springboard into getting into these spaces where I can be part owner of the Barclays or I can own my own liquor or I can own my own streaming service. And before all of that, the nigga was the CEO of Def Jam. Yeah. Because right after Rock... The president of Def president, Jam. President, because right after that whole Rockefeller shit, as soon as I saw... um, Because L.O. Cool J had stepped down... And then Jay and I was like, oh, shit. I already saw it was a power move. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. But, I was but like, that line, I, I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm a businessman. Let me handle my business. Like, that is what I think about when I think about Jay-Z and what he's done for hip-hop. He's turned it into a business and not just this thing where young cats who right. got a little talent uh-huh. go in, get a little money, uh-huh. let the label actually be the business, and right. they just become the talent that gets used, washed up, and then afterwards right. mm-hmm. they may have a little bit of money. Big facts. Or I mean, they we, may we, not. We, we got to credit Puff in that same conversation too, though. Yeah, the Puff, but... Puff, the only difference between why, why I say Jay did it better... I, the, is, my, my only thing with that is Jay was actual uh, actual, actual artist. Actual artist, yeah. That, that's what, that's, that, that, yeah. that was going to be my point. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Puff wasn't an artist to begin with. Puff was always an exec. He was always in the business. Yeah, so he was always in the business. He was always a business mogul. That's why I can't really credit him... The same way I credit Jay as being an artist who had the the in this insight to be like, yeah, I'm an artist, yeah, but he, I'm not going to stay there. Yeah, right. but he was never just the artist to begin with. He was a third owner of Rock. Yeah, I was Rock about to say he was definitely a third. With. Yeah, he was a third owner of that label. Was, I'm talking about, but as a even coming into the game though. Yeah, coming into the game, but you got to respect it because he came into the game as an artist. Right, that's what but I'm he saying. Still owned a part of that label. And people followed that blueprint. Then you had the Ludacris and the Nelly and all of them that followed up behind them who had their own they, they, Yeah, they did the same shit. T.I., they, the they did the same they exact the shit. Same, they followed that same yeah, blueprint. They definitely did. Because what they did was they realized what Rockefeller did was Rockefeller was the first artist-owned label that came into it and was like, we want to do a partnership. We're going to do a 50-50 split with you guys. We're putting up our own money too. Yeah, they right. have, yeah, they have to have their you own money. I mean? Yeah. So a lot of artists saw that, and a lot of artists was like, "Oh, they did it. We could do the same thing." Right. And so it happened. Then a lot of these artists started their own labels and walked <clears> into <throat> these labels with partnership deals. Mm. And you got to credit Def Jam for that because Russell and them was very a key a key part of. They that. was visionaries because they seen what the fuck was going to happen. They seen no other labels were doing it. Yeah, they they yeah. Russell Russell was really the one that Russell really, saw it Russell was the one who was like I'm gonna give other mm-hmm. black entrepreneurs a break yeah I'm gonna give them a chance yeah so you gotta credit Russell for shout it out well. to Russell's fucking Simmons man Def Jam Def Jam Poetry Def Jam Island all that
So you you said something about a resurgence in small business, bro? Yeah, so um Yeah, so I was um at nighttime when I'm at work, I'll be listening to a whole bunch of podcasts and shit like that. And um one of the podcasts, they were talking about how there's a lot of businesses that they're generating so much wealth, like small businesses, that they're buying back the block that the business is on. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, hmm, we've been having this conversation a lot on this show. So are we seeing a resurgence where you're a small business owner, you're making your bread, and at the same time, and this goes into the same conversation as um, Slutty Vegan, because she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to say, I'm going to pay for 30 students' student loans. I'm already good. I'm made. But I could just be out. Think about it, though, bro. What better way to further gain publicity but gain publicity from the side of the fence where one is great marketing, positive marketing. That's a positive marketing ploy. Positive marketing ploy. And it's organic. You're not paying someone to market your business. You're paying to give someone else an opportunity. And within that opportunity creates good publicity for you right. and people naturally want to come and check you out out of the fact that it doesn't want to support it. It's actually fucking genius to be right. honest with you. So, well, when it comes to small business, you have to respect the fact that we're in an era where if you're just smart enough to figure out what that niche is and who to supply the demand to. That's all right. It's a right feel. Your business could be fucking fantastic, bro. And I think buying back the block in certain areas and in certain circumstances is not only just beneficial to you and obviously the people that are there, but it falls in line with what is culturally relevant at this moment in time. So that kind of falls into our next conversation, but it's, it's where we want to see our black culture go. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody is in that same mindset where they're like, we realize how this system, we finally realize how the system of America works. I think that this is kind of like the generation that's finally getting it. And I think because government has its hands all over the place, it's not as willing to shut it down like it was in this, you know, 70s and stuff like that, where black people started to, to grow and they'd be like, oh, no, redlining. Black people started to do this. And, oh, no, we're going to put you here. Or, oh, nah, you can't get the same GI Bill that the white people get. Um, even though those things do happen, I'm not saying that that's over. Mm-hmm. But I think that because government is stretched so thin, it's not as able to shut it down as quickly as it was before. And because of the internet and all of these things yeah. where it's like shit could just pop up and niggas don't know what even happened until there's already a million dollar business. Like... Black people are finally at this space where we're kind of like, oh, wait, for us to really have wealth and income equality in this nation, we have to actually own part of the nation. Yeah. We can't keep renting from these niggas. Big facts. We can't keep having uh, a business deal (laughs) that's really, uh, I'm a subsidiary of something else. No, we got to own the whole fucking building. So now we're looking at it like, oh, we got to own the whole fucking block, too. Big facts. Oh, wait, we got to own 
the state. We got to own the city. We got to own the state. We got to own this whole section. We need a piece of the stock, nigga. In like, order to really be able to go to niggas and be like, stop doing the dumb shit that y'all was doing. Like, Florida needs to be ours. Atlanta needs to be ours. New York needs to be ours. What's up? Y'all niggas really want want us to rock with you? You need to do stuff for us because we own all this shit. I think we're finally getting to that space where we're collectively like, nah, you right. Yeah. So, like, uh, Black Wall Street is now becoming Black America. Like, all across America is not just going to be in one town. I think there's multiple towns and cities across the nation that are like, nah, we're going to buy this back. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah. Because um, what the fuck happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1920? That shit was retarded. That shit was crazy. And that kind of goes into Queen and Slim. Did anybody see that? I didn't see it. I, I already know the either, ending bro. too, unfortunately. Some nigga told you the ending? Yeah, social media is crazy, bro. Social media. I'm just like, I'm going to still see it, though. I'm like, fuck it. Lena Waithe, to be honest, actually, is the person who told me the ending because Lena Waithe had an interview um, when I was wrapping up my short film in Connecticut two weeks ago. She had an interview on a, on a jazz station I was listening to. She gave away the whole... She said she had to because... She said where they were premiering, they was premiering the movie in some other part of the world. They had already seen it. And the movie mm. was already out like two weeks ago. Mm. So the jazz station was following up on what they did for that release. So she just gave it away. So yeah. So I, I mean, I'm not gonna give too much away, yeah, but what I will it, say is <laughs> that it's it's a mixture between a, a social commentary and an artistic piece. Yeah. Well the what I read online was a lot of people was disappointed because they said it didn't have no action. Like they said it up until the end, and it's like, damn. Oh, I totally disagree. Yeah. I mean, action wise, it's not an action movie. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't know. It, if they it doesn't thought, look like an action movie. I don't know if niggas thought that they was gonna go around banging on cops. Right. <laughs> like I don't know if niggas thought that was <laughs> what the movie was, but that's definitely. I never even saw it as that type of movie. So the trailer don't even have that part. Nah, but it's. I think it's a really amazing piece about one what happens when two people who don't expect to be laced together or linked together end up having to be linked together what ends up happening in that particular type of situation Mm. like and how do you grow within that in the short span of time that they're there there's a lot of character growth and development and there's a lot of ideals and and differences that have to be reconciled between the two yeah. Um, individuals, and then I think it's a really great commentary about black thought regarding policing. So, what happens when something happens between you and law enforcement, yeah, yeah. and what is the move that you plan on making? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of other people might see the movie and see what they did and been like, "Well, why did they go on the run?" Why didn't they just try to fight the system? But if you're black, you know the answer to Oz that. Oz are stacked against you. First of all, modern modern day society, I hope nobody fucking does this shit. You with somebody for the first time on a date, they don't know you, you don't know you. The date is not going fucking well at all from Jump Street. Shit is just like, I don't know where the fuck this shit going. Niggas, all right, cool, man. Fucking, let me just take you home. Niggas trying to take you home and y'all get pulled over by a cop. You black... He black. He a man, you a woman. He driving, you in the passenger seat. Cop roll up, altercation happens, tell you to get out the car. Next thing you know, shots go off, that nigga gets shot, that nigga dead. The regular, per- the regular two people that's in that predicament, 
They're not, in my head, thinking about we're going to fight the system. The nigga's going to try to get the fuck out of that situation. Yeah. Because if I'm in a situation with a chick and that happens, oh, the podcast the only The only part that I think <laughs> where people would probably go in a different route is they probably want to stay together. Hell I'm going to no. go my route. You go on your route. Yo, you figure out what the fuck you going to do, but this is actually my car. I'm going to drop you to the nearest train station or some shit. I'm out, though. Oh no, man! It's a it's a tough. You 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 can only hope you never end. Like that's a worst. Uh, yeah, that's the worst, worst wild situation, situation of being son. Even getting pulled over, even pulled over on a first date just feels weird, that's bro. Like, I, don't yeah, I don't know. Like you never want to get pulled over, and because I really be feeling like sometimes certain cops be trying to bitch you in front of a woman oh, too. Well, hell yeah, they be trying to like really, especially if they find that woman attractive. Like they be trying to impose their will on you in front of the woman, right. and like it's just it's just crazy. And of course, again, I mean, we don't need to always disclaimer it this way, but not all cops niggas know that shit. But some cops really be wilding the fuck out, and I I just think that it's a great commentary on that. I'm I'm not giving away the movie. Like, there's a whole lot of shit that happens in that movie that I'm not even touching on. But I think that in terms of like, if you want a, a something that's going to make you think and is an artistic piece, you you would want to see that because it's, it's definitely a, a dope movie. And again, shout out to Lena Waithe well, because when she was getting on an interview, she was getting questions asked about the guy that got canceled from the shy. What's his name? Jason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she was addressing that very professionally, and basically what she said was, and I think I said this last week. She's like, "Hey, um, I don't own the shy." I wrote it. I sold it to the network. The network owns it. They have their own HR people. I don't report to them. They report to me, but when they making decisions about who to cut, that's on them. I just go with the flow. And regardless, what the fuck? If I direct something and one of the niggas that is an actor in the piece that I directed does some wild shit, that has nothing to do with me. I'm just directing the fucking shit. I don't know this nigga from a hole in the wall besides yeah. maybe casting don't know a nigga. Him. Yeah, she said she don't know I him. I might like cast that. you. You might have did great in the casting. And that's that. I don't know that you a serial killer on yeah. the weekends. The fuck? Like, she, um, she also, yeah. um, really quick too, um, she has a new show on BET Plus called 20s. Yeah. I, I, oh, that, okay. tra- oh, that trailer looks amazing. First of all, what, what I see happening, and I knew this was going to happen, which I think it's about time, is that she's now going to highlight the gay slash LGBTQ experience from a lead point of view in most of her stuff now. Because I don't think there's enough of that. And if we're talking about um, go, going going along the same lines of a, a Byron Allen situation where he's like, you know, we got to be in front. We got to build the content. We got to buy these networks. She always says in interviews, we got to tell our stories. Being a part of that community, that's also helping tell the black I'm going to tell you exactly what I feel about that show, <clears throat> 20s, that's coming out. I think it's gonna be a dope ass. 20s only exists because insecure exists. 20s mm. is insecure. It looks like it's insecure. The trail it's, I saw looks like insecure. it's shot like insecure. It plays off of insecure. It looks like it is a an exact replica of insecure. Only thing is the lead. The the premise is younger mm-hmm. because insecure started when Issa was 29, technically, mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be your young 20s. Mm-hmm. The lead is homosexual, right. is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think she wants to put the highlight on there being a lead um, who is not a heterosexual individual. Right, but with that being the case, the only I feel like 
It's just insecure, like, which was the separation from the lead always being a black male. So it goes from the lead always being a black male to the lead being being a a black woman woman. and it being from her perspective to now the lead being a black lesbian woman and her perspective. But you're you're shooting it and you're filming it and you're making it kind of like this dramatic comedy, Mm -hmm. which everybody can relate to. So now that experience can be portrayed to someone without it feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, like an uncomfortable conversation. Definitely gonna watch the show. I don't really care who. No, it looks great. It looks like a great show. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) I don't know if it's gonna live up to Insecure, but um, probably not. It looks interesting. I definitely will give it a look. um, Probably not. And give it a chance. Uh, Let's talk about politics real quick before we kind of wrap it up with uh chipotle and got you and your your amazing question about soulmates yeah so that post was crazy all right kamala kamala harris dropped out knew that shit was coming uh, i'm pretty sure we said that at some point during the podcast we did, we did the last time we spoke about Possibly. It. I, I know what i said beto and i said kamala was on yeah. it was it was another did we hear her um reasoning though i definitely heard her reasoning so basically what she said on um they played it on uh power 105 basically what she said was that she was running out of money. She said she was running out of money. And she said this on the radio. She said, we only had $10,000 left in the budget. I was like, God damn. I knew, That's not paying nobody. I knew she was God out damn. since the last debate because her campaign got really quiet. She said that a woman that was in charge of the some of the people a part of the campaign, once she left, everybody started. And she said, that's when it fell apart. And that woman who left, I forgot her name. I think she went to Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah, she went to Bloomberg. But she said, the woman who left, she said that things was going array since day one. That's what she, I was like, damn. She said since day one. Kamala. That's not good, son. Here's here's the thing. I think for a lot of these presidential candidates, Mm -hmm. they looked at the field and they thought it was going to be like Kamala Harris. They thought it might have been Cory Brooker. Um, they thought it would have been who was the one that published the article for Slutty Vegan. He's the one that made me know that. Okay, yeah, yeah he's the one. Who did they thought that there was gonna be possibly, um, who else was an early early person that jumped into the race? Um, Amy Colbushaw. Mm-hmm. You had Elizabeth Warren and, Ber- like, yeah, and Bernie Sanders. Sanders. I think people yeah, thought about those four. Were going to be in the race. Well, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was a threat though, because the shit that she was saying. Elizabeth, like, oh, she's and, a threat Elizabeth and Bernie were definitely the front front runners. But threat. if the race stayed those four, Cory Booker, Kamala, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth and Bernie, mm-hmm. it would be way more of a race because being the first black woman would have gave Kamala more. Oh, the oomph, more, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Cory Booker being the black man. Would have gave him more oomph, mm-hmm. and their messages would have been able to spill out more because the field got so big. Their messages were picked up by other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were other. There were so many faces. You got Castro. Everybody's numbers are split. Right, crazy. So this makes it bad for the 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 underdog. Because you're gonna run out of money. These big names have already got mad bread. Yeah, she definitely. What she said? She said, "I'm not a billionaire. We could not keep the ship running." She was like, "Remember, I still have to pay staff." 
the the uh, the exception to the rule seems to be Pete Buttigieg. I don't know how this nigga yeah, got so much he's money. He's definitely the exception to the rule. Cause I'm like, who are you? Like, he, who, like, who are you for real? Like, who, like, who's in your family that somebody knows something? He's getting a lot of money, but yeah, he's definitely getting bread. Do you think it was too soon for her to drop out? She had no choice. If you say on a radio, well, that was a probably a press conference. Well, no, that was actually I think on her personal platform, and then got to the radio. If you say. To my dearest supporters and fans, thank you for riding with me, but unfortunately we ran out of money. Let's me know. Money was a big issue in your campaign since day one. You got to pay staff. You got to because she said she said advertisement took up the most amount of bread. Of course. She said she said millions. the last 10000 that they had was for an advertising ad, and they had to cut the ad because they had to pay, they had to pay staff. Advertising <laughs> firms, this is the time right now where you make the most money during yeah. election time. Yeah. Presidential, you forget about it. You make so much Because you got to put that shit on firm. every fucking commercial station. And, and there's so many people doing it. Yeah. It's easy for you to get a job. Yeah. yeah. It's easy for you to pick up a job. You might pick up a job where you're, you're, you're campaigning. You're part of that campaign strategy for this particular nominee. And their budget is 200K. You feel me? Or 300K. You just made enough money for your firm. And they're not talking about you might be doing this for two or three candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of these big firms, this is how they make their money. So uh, a lot yeah. of the, they, these people put a lot of money into their campaigns. Yeah. Millions upon millions of dollars, bro. I don't think, I don't think it was too soon, but I just feel like, and this is, this is an oxymoron. I don't think it was too soon, but I also think she ran out of time. I personally think that she she should. I don't know. I don't. I I think jumping into the race always raises your political profile, whether you win or lose. Yeah. So, so people are still people are still going to be talking about her, right? So I can't say that it was bad for her to have jumped into the race, but I do feel like this wasn't her time. I think she needed more years to grow. Um, as a political figure in the public eye, because people eyed her maybe last year as someone who could run for president. But I think Stacey Abram, Abram did the right thing. Stacey Abram has not jumped into the race, even though people were trying to push her to. Beto O'Rourke did, and you saw how that got him. Kamala Harris did. You saw what that got her. Stacey stayed out of the race, and now people still have this positive view about her. Still want to see her jump into some type of political spear at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think this want and desire will only build more and more for Stacey because she didn't jump right in and try to become president right. solely off of viral moments. And I think that a lot of these candidates are just viral moment candidates. Something they said and was powerful against the president or about the United States made them go viral and people know their name and then they think, oh, I'm going to go run for president. Nah, it don't work like that. Like, right. we still need time to get to know people. One or two viral moments is not going to make you the person to go to to run Big the facts. country. So I think that she will be back, but it'll probably be four to eight years from now. It's mm. really it. Um, George Zimmerman. I read that shit today. I didn't read no more. I just read the headline. I was like, nah, I can't do this. This nigga George Zimmerman is out here talking about he wants to sue the family. Oh, he is putting a lawsuit yeah, in place. $100 million. For 100 mil to sue the family crazy. of Trayvon Martin and the prosecutors for defamation. 
I don't know. Niggas is. I don't know how far this is gonna go, bro. I said it today, bro. I tweet when you when when we were talking about it earlier. I said it. This is just a ploy for that nigga to raise more money. One hundred in his pocket. 100. He knows he ain't gonna win that case, bro. But he knows if he put this up, he's gonna calmly do a GoFundMe to raise money to pay for lawyers. He's probably gonna raise another two, three million dollars. His shit drying up. And that's it. The money drying yeah, up. Me. His shit he's been is living the good life. And he isn't relevant. Nah, so, nah, nah, yeah. I, your dad, if, your daddy being a judge at this point don't mean shit. If if you watch any documentary about George Zimmerman, you know that he's a very narcissistic, yeah, he's very individualistic person, and he needs validation. The nigga not being spoken about for the last couple of years is probably killing him. He honestly reminds me of, he's like the white OJ. Like, shit. This is what this nigga, this nigga's like the white OJ. This nigga did some shit, got off, and won't shut the fuck up. Like, shut yeah. up and die, bro. And, and like, and just, and that's, that's it. Right. Like, yeah. that's it, Go son. Live quiet life. On the prairie somewhere. In the yeah, like, because if you ever get into any type of major density population area, you're dying. Done, someone's, someone's taking you out, bro. Marcus yeah. is going to see you and he's going to be like, oh, that's that nigga Zimmerman? Yeah, All and right. gladly go to jail to take yeah. your ass take, out. Take yeah. that hit for you, bro, yeah. for the culture. One of these young niggas who's fucking leaving school that got that thing on I'm going to be like, oh, that's Zimmerman? It's a rap. I'm going to be famous for I'm going to be famous for Niggas will try to get a viral moment taking your head off, bro. That nigga commentary is going to be good. Yeah, that yeah. commentary. Commentary. Every like, week. Good, yeah. Every week. We all giving that nigga money. Everybody, everybody, everybody put money, money in that nigga shit. I got five stash for it right now. But nah, I don't, I'm not wishing death on nobody. But all I'm saying is if Nah, you, I'm wishing death on him. This nigga's that. wild. Yeah. All I'm, I'm saying is. Been here. We, we wish I mean, I ain't even, I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm almost there too. But uh, okay. all uh, I'm going to say, right. all I'm going to say is for this nigga is just shut up. And 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 die. <laughs> so just go somewhere, bro. Like nobody want to hear you suing nobody. Beat your meat somewhere and call it a fucking day, Cause, son. Because whoever's whoever's even thinking about giving this nigga pussy, you need to go somewhere with that nigga and die too. Yeah, he fact. don't deserve nothing. Yeah, at this he point. don't deserve nothing in life Real right shit. now. Like you you did some terrible shit, and instead of being remorseful about it, Never you was. continuously dig into the wound. Like you know, a whole culture was affected by you. Regardless of black or white, you killed a kid, bro. Yeah, we still affected to this. You you day. killed a sixteen year old kid. Regardless of color, you should be just remorseful of the fact that you killed a kid as a grown ass man. And he was trying to get away from you too. He wasn't trying to engage you. He was he was scared. The was nigga scared. was was going to the store and you following him with a gun. Like, come mm, on, neighborhood watch. Niggas is bugging the fuck Florida, out. Florida, you gotta start to review your neighborhood watches. Fuck. So Chipotle got this new shit that they trying to do. Yeah, that was weird when you sent me that. Where uh, if you call in and you say that you're sick, they then tell you or direct you to a nurse call center where the nurses verify if you're sick. <laughs> so my problem with this... So they said, oh, I got to clarify. They said that they're doing this because they don't want to contaminate the food. Right. Last year. They don't want niggas coming to work sick. Right. They had an outbreak where somebody was sick and <laughs> came to work and it contaminated everybody. Wow. My problem is this opens a door 
Yeah, this for is Pandora's box. A lot of, bro, I told yeah. you today, boy, scamming niggas is about to pop oh, up the woodworks, boy. Scamming niggas about to get this yo, money. you know, we got this clinic popping up over here, you know that, yo, that I don't think, I told you I feel like this just opens a new door for the, for, for, for these clinics to pop up. Like, you've always found a new way for these insurance companies to further to rip some us off. Because all you're doing right now is bringing up a new reason why you got to do a doctor visit. As if these niggas aren't getting paid enough already. And exactly. I think, and my take on it is this is a play off of technology because in 10 years, I feel like our phones will be able to take biometrics. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a wrap. And send them. You can send it in to either your workplace or whatever. And I feel like this may open the door for that to be a mandate. All right. You're calling out sick. If you want to get paid for those days, you got to send in your biometrics. We already got the, the Apple Watch which can be an EKG and can also tell your heart rhythms and this, that, and a third, is only a matter of time before we have some place where you could touch your phone and it tell your but temperature. T- think about it, bro. What's the real, what's, what's so hard about it, right? If you got to take your blood sugar, there's a machine that uses a stick. Yeah. It's a little chip yeah, reader. Yep. Yeah. And it pricks your finger. You and prick your yeah, finger and you put you. your, you t- just put a little bit of blood on that joint. And that joint tells you where your blood sugar is at. What's so hard if they put that same chip reader in our phone? Yeah, that's yep. right. That's it. And, and all you got to do is do stick it. that chip into your charger plug. And now you can test your blood on your phone. Yep. And send the biometrics in. And send the biometrics. You know how much time that would save, bro? That's going to save mad you know how much time, money you know how much companies mo- will yeah. feel they can save yeah. because they'll be able companies to say, will be saving so much, nah, right? based off of last the year's report. Right. Oh, people were only really sick for five days. So y'all don't need 20 days of sick days for a year. You, you need actually five. need five. And so that's going to affect vacation. Or, or yeah, all that shit. you don't get sick days. When you get sick, send us the biometrics in. If it deems that you're sick, we'll pay you for it. If not, that's you just that. miss the day's work. You yeah. just miss the day's, the day's work. work or you got to take You got to classify this as a personal day. So... <laughs> That's that's what that's I feel like crazy, son. The next where five we going? Years. That's where we going? You're gonna be able to be like, oh, I'm calling out sick today. I just sent you my biometrics, and it will show all oh, you, you. There's a spike in your blood that your immune system is it's fighting high. off something. Yeah, right now. or or it'll simple. It'll be <clears throat> simplified. You, the the phone will know all the technical shit, but it may it may give you a report where it says this person is deemed sick or. This person, there's an eighty percent chance that this person is actually exactly sick. Right. is unable. This person seems to be unable to come in for work, uh, or it has a virus in their system. And you wouldn't even know. You'll probably just test it and just send it out, and your employer will get it and be like, okay, because then once you, once you could verify it yourself, then you can manipulate it. Yeah, there's an app for that. I'm telling you, there's going to be an app, app for that for that, <laughs> that can manipulate your results. So they probably want to bypass our approval and just send it straight to. There's going to be an app for both. There's going to be, you know, how everything that comes up, there's a black market that comes up behind it. So there's right. going to be, a, oh, you need that, you need that joint. Uh, <laughs> I and there's going to be a. This is the work app. This is a. This is a, connected to your ADP. Yep. You got to go on the app. Shit. You got to press here. Your shit goes in. And yeah, we could tell if you're sick or not, and we'll pay for it if you're sick. If not, then what's up? Like you taking a personal day, or you're not getting paid? What you what you want to do? Cool, not getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Or 
they want to start giving mental health days. I was about to say they might have to start giving some mental health days too. They might, but that's a lower chance because there's no merit behind that. Only only I feel like those upscale like Google's and them tech companies. Facebook's, yeah, yeah. Anybody doing apps and shit. They'll give you the mental health days. You probably have that in your contract. Fifteen mental health. You don't want to come the fuck in, you don't have to come in. But we talking about nonprofits and regular shit that oh, no. they fiending for you to come in, boy. Nonprofits gonna be like, listen, you only got three days. Yeah, you only got three sick days for the year. Send that biometric in, my nigga. Fuck is you talking? <laughs> Fuck is you talking about? I don't like. I don't like where we going, but damn, we 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 going there. Shit. And you was talking about global warming. You said it's upon us. We know this. So uh, the young girl, I was doing the research on her because it just kept popping up. So Greta Thunberg. She's like um, 16, right? 16 years old, bro. Um, she urges world leaders to stop focusing on money and economic growth and focus on how to stop the progression of global warming. So basically, she did a conference a few weeks ago. And, and this was actually her second conference because she did something in a courtroom. And she basically is urging all the world's leaders and politicians to stop focusing on money and focus on how we're going to save this fucking planet. Um, so my question for the podcast today was, so in what other ways can media outlets such as this be a better advocate and platform for getting the word out there about global warming? Because shit getting real, bro. She was that in, in her um, speech, she was breaking down, crying, had to pause a lot. I was like, this is really affecting the young generation. Like, look at what the fuck is happening. I think I think the problem is she took off school to be there. I think the problem is global warming is the perfect storm it because it requires the generation that is going out to take action and they don't care cuz they know they one they they're know they're dead. <laughs> That's what's sad about this right now. But it it's it needs them to be like, yo, we got to stop the oil. It's a, Let's change the it's economy. A real, it's a real plight when you think about it because it requires that generation to say, we're going to make a change. But then you have the generation before our, our one that's going to be the leaders of state soon. They have to stop being like, well, we'll see what these ones going to do because they're waiting for the, the, the generation above them to right. make the move and they're like nigga we in our 60s and 70s yeah, we don't give a fuck we don't give a fuck we <laughs> about to die in the next 10 to 15 years Big 20 facts. years by the time it get unbearable we dead we dead so you got the 40 to 50 year olds right now who are running around like chickens with their heads cut off because they don't know what changed them but they also reaping the benefit from those because they're the last ones to get, to get oil money oil money because all that shit drying up all yeah that shit's it's drying, drying up, up for us yeah so Big facts. Instead of them saying, listen, we're going to take a little bit of a sacrifice right now because we want to see our grandkids progress and <coughs> do like what certain countries are doing. You can't have a vehicle that's more than 10 years old. Right. You can't do this or you can't do that. Let's push solar paneling. Let's push this agenda with solar panel. How about we want to give you these solar panelings if you just put it on your roof? Right. Like they're not doing the necessary things to help incentivize our generation now, which is the which is the spending generation, mm -hmm. the 30 to 40-year-olds who are, who are the driving spenders now. Who We're the ones who want the new cars. We're the ones who's trying to buy the house. Right. right. And put the solar and panels on. And put the solar panels on. And put the solar panels on. But they're not giving us enough incentives 
for us to be like, yeah, we could afford to do that. Yeah, right. Solar we, panels are expensive as fuck, by the we way. We also God don't damn. have we don't have the same income freedom that nah. the generations before us had. Exactly. Yeah, income freedom. We have to pay for way more shit. More, way more shit. So they have to incentivize it, and they're not trying to. No. And that's what's crazy about it. And then you got the 16-year-olds who see what the what fuck, the fuck is, is about happening. They see what's like, happening. Y'all yeah. niggas give zero fucks. <laughs> right. Y'all give no fucks. No, none, 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 none of y'all niggas is moving. So you look, it's like, it's like, come on. It's like me sitting here looking at my grandfather and being like, yo, like, you see what's happening right now? Like, help us out. And then my father is just like, well, you know. You done hooked me up. My, my dad made sure I was in a good place. So I want to make sure you in a good place. But right. I'm just like, when, my nigga? <laughs> and being in a good place off of what you're doing this is, is not is going to fuck me up in the long run. Yeah. yeah, you might be giving. Listen, we selling these cars because, you know, that helped put us in a good place. place yep. But it's like, yeah, but the cars you selling is fucking up the environment. By the time That's... my child come up, he can't breathe. Yep. So maybe we need to change this. Can we change it? Like... That's really what it is. Is it's the perfect storm because the generation that needs to do anything is not going to do it because they don't care. It's not, not going to affect they're, them. They're too old. All they're concerned about is what. Huh? It's funny because if you're in your seventies or eighties right now, you're worth fifty billion dollars. You're just you trying to make sure your you don't family care much is about good. Nothing you at don't this point, care yeah. about the money anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Nah. You, you, you just want to get. You just want to make it because that's what you're so used to doing. And it, all you care about potentially is is my legacy gonna be intact? Right. These That's little it. niggas that are part of my legacy are y'all gonna be good when the shit hit the fan? Will y'all have bunkers? Will I have food? <laughs> will y'all be able to avoid the wars? I'm gonna make sure bunkers. I make my, then, my political That's connections. The part about it though, bro, because if my grandfather is worth fifty billion dollars and he's he owns so many oil reserves. Mm-hmm. But I know that this global warming shit is affecting me because I'm in that age range where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of what's going on. My grandfather knows what's going on, too. He has the money, the money that he's getting to approach directly. So you have the activists and the scientists talking to him directly. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't care enough because he's just thinking about that. How am I going to protect my legacy? And, all, and, he's, and he's probably sitting there like, okay, so from what the science is telling me, if you stay in Greenland right here, y'all niggas will be okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna build up this nice little situation for mm-hmm. y'all, and yes, shit will hit the fan. It will. It's yes, going to hit the yes, fan. I'm letting y'all fan, know yeah. that from now. Um, but when it does, and it says in 2040 is when it's gonna get real crazy. The wars, the yeah. famine, the droughts. Down, y'all niggas go to Greenland. You are gonna have a whole nice reservoir yeah. right there. That's the problem right there. He's rich enough to know that this doesn't affect him. Yeah. This all of this global warming shit doesn't affect the, the first top, people going right, to get the 1%. who are going to get affected is going to be the poor, the poor, the sick, and the disenfranchised. And this, yep. They're going to get that shit. They're going to get it, bro. Because what's going to happen? You're going to be rich enough that you could build an entire contained facility pumping rich oxygen in that motherfucker. Yeah, and be quite fine looking through your window watching niggas die or go to Mars. Because that's why they're setting up this whole and Mars that's situation. That's thing. a whole other thing, see that, that or they're not telling us that we're fucked already and it's, inev- it's inevitable? Nah, we're fucked, bro. They they know what time it is. The, the planet is not dying. It's transforming because it's trying to get the get rid of us. Yeah. All right, my nigga, The y'all. planet is trying to fucking survive. I mean, the planet's like, it's y'all like, killing oh, y'all me. Y'all niggas need oxygen. Fuck, cut that shit off. Trees, yeah. yo, burn all the trees. We're we fucking we up the burn. ozone layer. All right, Fuck these it. niggas going to die, die. 
And they know, and they're like, all right, can we get to Mars? <laughs> if we get to Mars, we might be able to build Mars in a way that we don't have to worry about all this shit. What's sad about it? We're still not going to feel it. No. That's what's sad about it. Our generation is still going to kind of skate through it. Our generation is going to feel it, but it's not going to matter it's when we feel it. It's not going to matter We're going to be 70, 80, 80 when we're when feeling it. We're feeling it. We're going to be like, well, damn. Damn, damn. You know, we tried to tell y'all. <laughs> We try to let y'all know. No niggas wasn't listening. Niggas wasn't listening. We, I told my grandpappy back then, and he was just like, "Well, so now you're going to be good. You're so. going to be good. So don't stress yourself." But my grandchildren now, I don't know what they're cooked out. What their future looks like Cook. if they're going to have one. Yeah, they, I mean, by then the wars are going to get crazy because people are going to start warring for territory that has liquid and food. It's no longer going to be. About money. I was about to say, money is not going to mean nothing in like 30, 40. Money ain't going to mean shit. Boy. None of that. I don't know if... if, if I don't know if it's going to mean what we think it means today. In 2040... It's still going to mean In my something. opinion, the whole structure that we not have is going to collapse. Not in 2040. No, no, no. Not in 2040, We're talking but, about maybe the 2100s before this thing oh, really 2100. Gets, Oh, yeah, yeah. At like, that point... Out of hand, like... Yeah. It's a world that we can't recognize. But we're but not going to be here for that. Up to like maybe 2050, 2060, it's still going to be, it's not going to drastically change from unless, where we are right Unless now. science comes up with something that can calm the masses, I feel like this entire structure is going to collapse on itself. What I feel is going to happen is we're going to have be 50 a years old. major pandemic. We're going to have a crazy, 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 crazy pandemic. That's going to kill a lot of people. Some yeah, major disease gonna die, is going to pop out. That we cannot control. Either I mean, one I think the disease is famine, bro. I think. It, I mean, I agree with you. I think there will. There's probably going to be a disease, but it's going to be some basic shit that just we can't cure because we don't have the resources. Sea levels. That's still rising. It, That's going to take see, over. The, the sea levels is not going to do it. The sea levels is just going to make it uncomfortable to live certain areas. You're going to have to move inland if you're close to the water. It's not going to kill us off. What's going to kill us off is the sea levels. Now making it so that New York doesn't have clean water. Oh yeah, that water. Because but the that's, seawater that's, that's still is fix, in there. But that's going to get fixed because what's going to happen, which is already being done, it just costs too much money to convert salt water into refined drinking water. Right. But it's it's more than possible. It's more than possible. It just costs way too much money that they're willing to spend right now. Mm. But you could bet your you, you could bet your ass that. Once it becomes a necessity, niggas won't make it happen. As far as I know, that process is pretty difficult to make. Yeah, seeds. I was um, I was I was reading up on that. No, too. It, it, it's, yeah, it's it, that it, takes it, a minute. It, it takes a minute, but yeah, it takes a minute. It, it's possible. There's there's refineries that do it already. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's just expensive as fuck. I don't. I I think that is expensive. I also think it's difficult. I don't know if it'll be able to be put in mass production quick enough that if half of New York is underwater. They're gonna be able to turn that into something usable. It's not gonna be available to everybody. No, nah. that's gonna be a difference. Yeah, no, the chosen elite, few. The, the elite is gonna have it though. Yeah, elite. elite yeah, elite I'm not talking about the elite. I'm talking the about elite. we're 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 we're, we're flambeed. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, the, I feel like the the current structure is going. And and to be honest, the current structure with the the way technology is going, it it will not be able to sustain itself anyway. It's either people are going to have to live for free. Right, because if we get to the point where robots and AI, yeah, AI is really taking care of the homes and how we're moving and things like that, 
we're not going to need work. People AI. are going to get more individualistic. AI is watching your children when you on fucking spring break for two weeks. Shit about to get crazy out here, man. The, the, the kitchen cooks for you. Oh, man. They have the robot with the nigga is chopping your shit up. So it's like if you if we get to that is point where we go where we don't need oh not where to get a McDonald's burger you can put in your kitchen screen McDonald's burger I don't have to go to McDonald's no more it's fucking preset like what bro but they were bro. also talking about that though they were That's talking scary. about the real reality of meat not being meat becoming a luxury item in the next fifteen to twenty years I can see that Damn. meat. Like we're gonna we're gonna really our diet is gonna be ninety percent um lab made. They're trying to get meat the fuck up out of here now. God damn it's not sustainable. It's not and the CO two from the, the cows is blowing shit up. The cows belching and farting and putting CO two in the of air. Carbon, of Where are we going, bro? Where are we going? So bro, like I said, our gener- sadly our generation still isn't going to really feel a pinch of it it's, the it's ones our under grandchildren yeah, it's the no we're children. the ones who see in the signs now and we're, being seeing like, the, we're seeing hey, the obvious signs that ain't good that don't, that don't see, that's good. the problem with us right now we're seeing the obvious signs I think the generation before us they were told the signs oh yeah, yeah that's why they change. did the recycling shit yeah like if y'all don't try to tighten up shit's gonna get rough we're <laughs> seeing it happen like we're watching we're like it yo is that is that Superstorm supposed to come, come up this, this way? way? <laughs> that never came up this way before. That ain't supposed that to That ain't it. good, right, y'all? That's not good. <laughs> we know What's going to say it all of a sudden is a, is a crazy earthquake hits New York. Yeah. And I guarantee you the, the that's gonna, panic that's, that's going to set in, bro. Yeah, that's going to fuck yeah, everybody. Yeah, I'm talking about up. the not, not no fucking hit the Rockaways and skirt off. I'm talking about I'm hit talking the city. About yeah, I'm talking about hit Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Category five hey. lands in the Hudson River, boy. Oh, yeah, it's shit. over. A fucking hurricane the size of Staten Island pulls up. And I'm like, what's up? Now? What, <laughs> what up, ho? <laughs> I heard y'all got good weather out here. Let's see what's fuck up out here. Fuck what you yeah. talking about. What you talking about, boy? Yeah, September. You thought this was lit? Gangster. Fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> gangster. Gangster. <laughs> gangster. Hey. gangster. Basketball yeah. season closed till further notice, bitch. Yeah, yeah. nigga. Kyrie not playing. KD not playing. Boy, y'all yeah. sucking my dick. Right Right now is what's Hard up. Hurricane Devon pulling up into New York. <laughs> Gangster. <laughs> Gangster, nigga. Y'all niggas thought right. it was a game. Gangster. All right, so we finish off with uh, what can can you make somebody a soulmate? What what what? Brought you I was this, bro? I was I was on this person's page, and she was like, um, it's actually one of my good friends. She was like, I am my soulmate. Like she's saying that she's her own soulmate. So then somebody wrote. Incredibly selfish, man. And then, yeah. and then somebody wrote, "Well, what if you could just make a soulmate?" And the mad people started writing, like, "Yeah, what if, what if you could turn somebody into a soulmate?" So that's my question to y'all: Like, do you think you can make somebody into a soulmate? No, you cannot. Why is that? It's just an interesting thing. I've never heard it really be put like you that. You can't, you can't change someone's innate ways. You can't. You could turn, you could, you could coerce someone to want to be with you, or you could coerce them into adjusting their ways and their attitudes that it works for you. However, you can't, if you and that person don't get along, or if y'all just, it doesn't click, 
the obvious signs is going to be there. So you can't turn a hoe into a housewife because I know one nigga that actually married a prostitute for real, for real. Well, that's just a term. That's all. That's your state of mind. Okay. Um, a hoe into the housewife thing is a state of mind. Okay. The way I feel about it is when we, I mean, one, we gotta, we have to kind of define what a soulmate is, but, and that's difficult because everybody has their own definition for that's that. That's true. But with that being said, I think when I think about soulmate, that instinctually goes to kind of like a natural connection. And if I think about natural connection, I break that down to chemistry. And I'm you can't teach somebody chemistry. Right. You either have that or you don't. So when I think about a soulmate, I, I kind of agree with what Flo is saying in terms of can you make somebody into someone you really like by telling them this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is this, this is that. Yeah, for certain. Um, but can you change their chemistry towards you? No. However, like there are plenty of situations, and this is why your definition of a soulmate will come into play where it's like there are things about everybody that you're not going to like, but if you work with that person, you can mm-hmm. get over that hump. Get over that hump, which is part of how compromise really works. I was works. just about to say that's but compromising. There's a, there's a really big difference, bro, because you could be with someone that you eventually come to love and eventually come to like and y'all end up being best of friends however even with best friends y'all still bump heads and a friendship Mm. even if y'all are the best of friends that relationship can still be tarnished Mm. i feel like when it's a soulmate bro a soulmate is someone that no matter what stormy weather y'all go through Mm -hmm. y'all something the simplest thing will make y'all overlook everything else Mm -hmm. Mm. Because, like what, like what X said, that chemistry was there to begin with. Right. You feel me? So even if y'all going through the roughest patch, whenever y'all find something that y'all could see the slightest pinch of, the slightest pinch of, of um, the slightest pinch of positivity, mm. or the slightest pinch of, all right, you know what? It's time for us to move on. And y'all could just move past it. That's when you know you, or you can't really see yourself living without that person. Right. And it's vice versa. Mm. Then you found the person that you could, you could grow with. Because mm. you see a lot of older couples and you'd be like, yo, this, these, these old, this old man 50, is old 40. cussing each other out every minute. Right. But they find but the they next. find the next day they're good. Shit, the next, the, the same day sometimes, maybe know, a few hours pass. And if you really look at it, their arguments are never that deep. It's right. always right. they just argue over some, some petty shit. shit. And they'd be like, oh, no, no, but then they smiling two minutes later. Yeah, you feel me, or you know something like that. So I think soulmate, you can't, you can't make a soulmate, bro. That person has to be, that person has to click with you, on a deeper, on a much, 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 much more deeper level, on a way. Because a lot of people in a, a lot of people just in the skin deep relationships or surface level relationships. So. Yeah, it's interesting though because it's I think it's almost kind of like the idea of can you recreate a human through a cyborg or something like that. Like it almost falls into that category mm. because it's like a lot of people will say no because that cyborg won't have a soul or that cyborg can never really truly be human or XYZ. And I think it's kind of the same way with love and soulmates. If I don't know if you can truly capture the essence <clears throat> Of a soulmate, if that just wasn't innately 
in the relationship mm-hmm. to begin with, like in terms of like, yo, me and you are face to face and the love that we have here is just unmatched, inseparable, like things like that. But then mm-hmm. the question does arise about can you have multiple soulmates though? That's a great question. That's a great question. And I think you can, but I think those quote unquote multiple soulmates, each soulmate is compartmentalized into a specific category. I feel like you can have a soulmate or a few of the soulmates that you can actually never see yourself living without. Like you have to be involved in their life. They have to be involved in yours. But I don't think all of those categories also means sexual situations. Because you can have a soulmate that's your best friend forever, ride or die. And I also feel like you can have soulmates where you can be married, but your soulmate, you love your soulmate more than you love your own spouse. You know, I think in a situation like that, your spouse or whoever you with was just good enough to fulfill this one thing in you. But I don't think, I don't even think we're listening when people be like, oh, you know, you found the one day fulfill everything you need. Nah, nigga, sometimes me just talking to my, my, my friend on the side is fulfilling something that my wife could never do. You know what's funny about soulmates? <laughs> I think what a lot of people overlook and gloss over is to understand having a soulmate or, or to even be worthy enough to be able to deem somebody your soulmate, you have to know yourself at an extreme level yeah. of like profoundness. You have to truly know yourself to know what your soulmate is. Because if you only know yourself on a surface level, then you're going to think your, your soulmate is who you are at that particular moment. If you don't know yourself on a deeper, like what is your root, who you really truly are, you're going to find multiple people that you're going to think is your soulmate, but they're only a person that fills that space for you in that current form of who you are. And then once you find another layer of you, that person may not fit into that deeper layer. Can that person go through through the trials and tribulations of you and your growth? Like you met Shorty and she liked weaves and extensions. And then she found another layer of herself and she cut her hair bald, but you don't like bald chicks. Yep. So now, did did she know herself well enough to call you her soulmate or was she still finding herself? And I think that's the real tricky part mm. about yeah. being with people in general. And, like, then, and at the end of the day, if she was your soulmate and you love her unconditionally, no, then that won't be matters. a problem. No. Yeah, if facts. that's what you want to do, baby, I still find you beautiful. Yeah. Right. Facts. I don't care about none of that. None Facts. of that shit matters to me. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this shit up, bro. All right. Uh, tough knot. Listen, uh, I think um, I think we got to figure out a way to um, take a step back and realize what we're doing or who we're doing it with to fully know ourselves. So with that being said, if you're in a sp- if you're in a situation or a space where you've been doing something for so long, just because you've been doing it for so long, or just because you've been involved with that person for so long, doesn't mean that that was the right situation. Because looking back from it, when you know the 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 storm has settled, you know the dust has cleared, you just start to realize, like, damn, like there was a lot of toxic shit that was happening that you probably never said nothing about it, and then now that it's not happening you're like damn like that actually wasn't healthy so uh just be careful about that 
Dad would say you can definitely grow from your mistakes, but that does not necessarily mean that your mistakes will outgrow you. Uh, so there are times that you'll do things and sure, you'll be in a different space months, maybe even years, maybe even, even quicker than that, maybe days. But that doesn't mean that the world will be ready to forgive you, nor should they have to uh, solely because you now found yourself in a space that some people may have deemed you should have been in already. Some people may have deemed as common sense. And you'll have to weather that storm. That's not to say that it should last forever because cancel culture, I think, is just as toxic as someone who makes a terrible mistake regarding whatever the case may be. However, you have to weather that storm. You can't sit there and make it seem like it's their fault for your mistake. No, Mm -hmm. you made a mistake and you got to sit there and you got to take that L and hold that and weather that storm. But you should also have a chance at redemption. But don't put it on other people. What you think about me? <laughs> don't put it on other people when you fucked up. You fucked up and you got to you gotta hold that. And that's what dad would say. Another episode of Dad Has Some Bow Ties. December 14th, we got ready with. Oh, uh, boy. It's going to be wild. Secret location. It's going to be somewhere in dance. Brooklyn. Uh, it's happening next week. Um, burlesque dancing. Wine. I just locked in another cupcake person um, with infused alcohol cupcakes. We're going to have a wild night, y'all. Just be prepared. You're getting a lot for twenty fucking dollars, man. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. December eighteenth, wine with dimes. You know me. She gonna have to change that shit. Wine with dimes. Diamond is going to be doing her whining class. Listen, I'm joking, but that girl can whine, and I'm pretty sure she could teach you how to whine really well. Would you whine for me, Kelly? Would you? Yeah, nah, nah, Diamond, uh, she got a video up now on her IG where she crawls and whines and goes into a split shit crazy. Listen, y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all gonna get this on Tuesday, which means that it'll be like a week and a half away from whining with dimes or some shit like that, a week or so. So Man, make fly, sure- The will be up on the page, I'm sure. Yeah, the fly will be, the fly is already up there. Nice. You know what I mean? So just make sure that y'all- Y'all go to that class. And if you're trying to advertise with the boys, hit us up. We have advertisement packages yeah, for you. Already know, you Dads and bow ties at gmail.com. Or you could just hit me and X directly, and we will send you the packages yeah, we we'll let you know what it is, right. man. We out here supporting the community, trying to buy the block back. Woo! We out. <laughs>